G Money. Yo. What's up, man? You good? What's up? How you feeling, man? I'm all right, man. Got the Star Dragon on today, so what's yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm trying, I'm trying to do. Yeah, well, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. How you feeling, man? I'm all right. I'm cooling, cooling. What's up with you? <sighs> Lots been going on, man. Lots been going on. Of course. You know, um, you all right? Good. I feel good, man. I feel good. I feel I feel great. Shout out uh, to all the fans, all the supporters. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that's, that's uh, reposting the clips online on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Flip you the know, pod on Instagram. Make sure I follow the page too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, flip the script podcast. You know, we doing what we got to do in order to. You know, we want to salute all the podcasts out there that's doing their thing. That's a fact. You know what I mean? I definitely. You know, there's a lot of uh, rumors and speculations going around pertaining to these podcasts and what's going on. But you know, we just want. I think everybody should work and should eat, man. There's enough food on the plate for everyone. Food. food. I'm saying I ain't fool, man. You know what I mean? It's enough food for everyone. So I, I really don't I really don't pay attention to these things, but I definitely want to salute all the podcasters that's doing it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I wanna salute sure. I, I definitely wanna give a special shout out to Info Minds, man. I think that, you know, they, they paved the way for, you know, set, setting trends. I wanna salute them. You know what I mean? Um I don't like though oh. like I don't like what I don't like. And to the people that's reaching out to us, I need y'all to understand what I'm saying. If you do an interview, give yourself three to four months. Don't try to do interview because I'm not going to take the interview. Mm. I'll tell you why. I'm talking about with a channel that's of stature. I, will, I don't want to step on nobody's toes. Right. Even though the views may coincide. I just don't. I, I want to get something new. I want to get something fresh. If you do something, give yourself three months, two months. Holla. Yo, Queens Flip, we want to do it. We'll just do it. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about it. You may feel different, but I, I you know me, I, I just want everybody to just shine. And mm. if InfoMinds do it, you know, give yourself a couple of months, then come on Queens Flip. If somebody else do it, you know, depending on the stature of the interview. Mm. I'm saying that's how I feel about it. So so basically you're saying if, if a show is not lit and they go to their show first and come to our show next. I'm within, fine with that. With, with, within a certain time. Period. No, no, I'm fine with that. You come to our show as soon as possible because I want them to shine. I want the smaller show to shine. Okay, gotcha. I'm talking about if it's, a, if it's a big show because it becomes an ego thing. Mm. When niggas be like, yo, yo, your show getting views become because of my show and oh, whole okay, the whole analytics gotcha, gotcha. and stuff. And we don't want to get in the mix of all that. It don't matter, but this is what I prefer. Also, I prefer to stay out of that. Also, do not go on another show before or after our show and tell the other show more information than you told our, show, our podcast. I'm fine with that, You fine with that? Now yeah. you fine with that? No, well, before no, you were saying, this for the script, don't come here and, you know what I'm saying, go on X, Y, and Z show and then t- give more I mean, details. You know, you know, it's, it's about, the, it's about <laughs> comfort because a lot of people, a lot of people go on shows, they man's got a show, they cousin's got a show, so they may, may be more comfortable with that person. So they may tell more, you understand? They may have a friendship. Like when people come here, the reason why we, because I'm, I'm aware of a lot of information, mm-hmm. so we have a rapport. This is why it goes like that. You know what I mean? So other people like it's just different. It's just it's a different feeling. I used to be mm-hmm. I used to say that before. Yeah, that's like, what I'm oh, saying. Oh, I, you, you changed now. What's I up? Mean, what's you up know, with you, man? Just trying to work, man. You nice now. Almost cool. Not cool, but you nice. I ain't nice. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm excited about our next guest. You yes. know what I'm saying I've been doing my research, listening. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, I've been listening. Um, listening to a lot of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you wrote. Yeah. So you don't want to show me your notes. That notes right there. Your notes say your. That's not no notes. That's not how you say it. Your. Yeah, there we go. Nah, I've been watching. I've been excited, man. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to g- 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 talk about a lot of things. I've been hearing things. Mm. Get down to the bottom of a lot of things. That's what, that's what we're here for. 
Get down to the bottom of a lot of things. But before that, G Money. Yo. Episode motherfucking 107. Nigga, we made it. Uh oh. Got a special guest today. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. So Brooklyn. So oh. Mm. There you go. I'm so Brooklyn. There you go, man. Brooklyn. So Brooklyn. <laughs> Low life. Round of applause for Rudy Low, please. Round of applause. How you doing, man? Um, I'm doing great. Welcome. What's good? What's good? What's good? I appreciate um, having me here. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. I'm overjoyed. Oh, yeah? Really? Yes, yes. Actually, um, I almost had a tragedy. I was um, I was um, eating the halls because I had an interview for the last few days, mm-hmm. and my voice was a little hoarse, and I almost choked on it coming here. So I'm like, damn, before I even get to be on Queen flipping them, like, <laughs> this is how it's going to end. Oh. I was live too, you know what I mean? No, so some of my fans saw it. So you, you was on live with the holes and you, you almost Yeah, yeah, I almost <laughs> choked me had to pull over next to Breathe One. No, worth the granny panties, son. I'm not even lying. Worth the granny panties. I'm not even pulling your leg, you heard? Oh shit. Nah, real talk, son. Worth the granny panties? They were the granny panties. Nah, he's different, bro. He might get the cool in the first ten minutes. No, leave him alone. Let it alone. Because I watched the interview. I watched the interview recently. <laughs> and he said something. He said he saluted us, but he didn't want to plug oh, us in. He you, said, "You're right. You're right. You're right." You watched it? I, right, I showed yeah, you the timestamp. Showed you the timestamp. I did see it. Informative. Very. It had to be, man. <laughs> I, 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 I had to be. I follow you. I see. Um, I used to love. I still love Star, like um, Starbuck Wild yeah, Star and like, yeah, shout Howard yeah. Stern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I see you leaning in the same direction. So um. I can admire some of your qualities from afar. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. And that's you say, sincerity. You say give us thug love. That's, that's what you say, yeah, right? I yeah, yeah, thug love. And I guess the situation that was talked about, you know, we're going to get into that. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to jump into that early because mm. that's a sensitive situation for me, and I'm pretty sure it's a sensitive situation for him. Right. We're going to get into that. Mm. Before that, we got to slow down. We got to creep because this man look like he, he, he ready to let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ready. <laughs> Brooklyn niggas. <laughs> see, I listened to the shit. I fell asleep to the info Mines joint. Listen to it. You know what I'm saying? It felt like Freddy Cougar was around. Nigga. Hello, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to that shit in the dark. Nigga, I was falling asleep. This nigga sound crazy. The uh, voice is definitely. definitely. <laughs> oh, my voice? Yeah, yeah. your voice. Oh. Yeah, it's distinctive. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, so uh, t- tell us who you are, man. You're from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm Rudy Lowe, the creator of the logo. Warning, Mr. Mm-hmm. Foreign, never boring. Trendsetter, history maker. Living legend. Creator um, of what I'm logo? I'm also an influencer, huh? Creator of what logo? Created a low life logo. Okay, okay. So um, let me see what more depth I can go. Um, born and raised in Brooklyn. Born and raised in Brooklyn. Born in Brownsville. Reared in Crown Heights. Um, I have my history goes far. Um, mm. My history goes as far as a low life history, meaning that um, I like to boast and brag and say that um, I'm the key to my culture or my my age bracket. Meaning this. I boast and brag and say, Fabulous, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Meek Mills, um, most definitely Gangstar, Special Ed, Brand Nubian, Car Canal, Sharon Corley, um, Jess Blaze, um, Big Daddy Kane, most definitely, Keith Murray, um, Half a Miller, and the list goes on. All of them is intertwined in my lifestyle. Really? And when I say my lifestyle, I mean a low life lifestyle. Um, I can't forget Henny Loke, White Boy Scott, for real though. He original low life. Um, my culture and my lifestyle derived from hardship, 
when we was children, um, due to our upbringings, um, we was forced to shoplift. Mm. Now, um, I'm an 80s baby, crazy 80s. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Prospect and Ralph. It's the borderline of Crown Heights, technically. One side of Ralph is Ocean Hill Brownsville, the other side is Crown Heights. Um, my block is the original block of the Tomahawks. Before my era, it was the Tomahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Decepticons is from my block, the original Decepts, CBS, Trent, Megatron, God bless the dead, they from Prospect and Ralph. Mm-hmm. So for my era, I'm the key to the gangs in my community. Um, as y'all know and most people know, shoplifters in general isn't violent people. The majority of my peers, we got money, money holes in design and clothes. Um, when we was children, if we had to compare it to modern day sense, the lowlights would be crits, the decepts would be blood. So, of course, the decepts ran the majority of stuff. They was violent, hitting people with hammers, mm. um, senseless crimes, and things of that nature. Um, lowlifes, we was about happy, go lucky. We used to trick on the broads, of course. So all the females wanted us, the thugs wanted us. It was a few people that stood out. Um, I like to classify myself as uh, um, I am a super trife lowlife. It's a difference. Me and a few of my peers was able to be on both sides of the fence. Unfortunately, due to my lifestyle, I was incarcerated most of my life. Mm. Um, when I started being incarcerated, from the day I was released from my house, my name is Rudolph, my birth name. So I always was hard. My nuts always hanged. With a name like Rudolph, you got to be somebody. Um... When I started getting incarcerated about 13, 14, um, I'm a nosy nigga. I want to know everything. Unfortunately, I went to prison um, illiterate, so I couldn't read or write in the beginning. But I still wanted to be involved in everything. So i never been a God body. i never been nothing in my life but a low life. And mm. I ain't going to never be nothing but a low life. I'm going to die low life. Mm. And it don't sound ignorant anymore. I know the full dynamics of the word low in my lifestyle. And we can get to that later. Right. Um, when I got incarcerated... Um, from DFY, from Sparfit. The guard body thing was relevant. I never was involved with that in the streets. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. So when I got incarcerated, I took lessons from guard bodies. I don't. I want to be informed. I don't want to be around nobody and you spitting the lingo and I don't, I'm not hip to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, the same thing applied later on in life when other organizations and other gangs came out. Um, in Sparfit, um, to my understanding, I did a little bit of research. I believe y'all from Springfield, um, or somewhere around that area. Um, that's where my comrades is from. I call them Springfield Young Guns. Daquan, Sam, Fauci, then my peers. Um, mm-hmm. Sam was my co-defendant for a case from Sparfit, and we caught a new charge of Sparfit and went to Rackers Island. Um, what's the homie with the cut on his face, man? Um, God bless the dead. Um. His name will come back to me. He was in Sparfield with me and in DFY with me. Um, but he's relevant for Southside. Okay. He acted like a Brooklyn person. Like his mentality was like ours, something like the shooter, like Dante Clark. Hmm. Um, so therefore, when I was in DFY, and even when I went outside my personal neighborhood, I was already somebody. I was already somebody. So. I didn't deal with people for popularity. I didn't deal with people for other reasons. Right, right. So once I got incarcerated, um, I must um, touch on this subject because of your platform. Um, lately, a lot of um, you know gang members been up here, so I must touch on this. Before gang members came out, 
Brooklyn was somewhat the closest thing to a gang in my area. Um, because if you was from Brooklyn, people automatically didn't do stuff to you. You know what I mean? Things like that. I know now, being older and being an adult, that a lot of people from Brooklyn, we, we, we went through hardship. So a lot of us was incarcerated, especially, emphasis added, a lot of people from Brownsville. So we was the majority at the time, and people took advantage of that. I never was one of them people. Therefore, I dealt with and networked whoever you was. So if you was from Queens and you wasn't popular, if you was my man, I like you for whatever reason, that's what it was, because I'm my own individual. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we can fast forward to Rackers Island. No. Oh, oh, oh. we 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 gotta slow down, slow down, <laughs> Rudy. You got a lot of information just now, <laughs> nigga. You could... Slow down, man. Nigga, Rudy ready to go crazy, bro. What's wrong with you, man? No, might be a little agitated. But... Yeah, I, 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 I'm. All right, so let's 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 go back a little bit, you know, because we we got that you from Brooklyn and the whole low life and all that, but. We 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 on a platform want to know like how did you get into that lifestyle? I know you said you were younger, you were trying to get, you know, get get stuff, you know, look um, fly. Unfortunately, unfortunately, my mother passed away when I was I believe about five or something. I can't really recall her. Right. Um, I was placed I was placed in a, um, a foster home. Okay. Because my family background was um, abnormal. Um, my mother didn't want me or my siblings to go through what she went through. Hmm. But unfortunately, um, I resigned in the um, group home maybe only for like a year or two because my natural family came back and got me. So when I went to the second grade, I was with my natural family when I first got enrolled in school in the first grade, rather. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, I didn't. um, Back then, I I held my family or my aunt that read me accountable. When I became old, I did not because I knew she was addicted to drugs and she had an alcohol problem. So I attributed um, my rough upbringing to that. Mm. But my uh, my rough upbringing created and made me who I was. Um, me, definitely, and most of my peers, um, financially, I didn't, I, I, I couldn't wear what other people wore, or I couldn't. It started out as food. I started doing crime at a young age, like. Maybe at eight or nine years old, I was already in the stores. So it started out in the beginning, fending for myself, mm-hmm. um, food-wise. But of course, you know, we young, we want clothes and toys and things of that nature. Um, one of my peers, one of my big homies, rather, his name is Frizz, Curtis Vance. When me and my peers first started stealing, the original Low Lights, Ralphie Kids, before the title Low Lights was there, right. we had a title called Ralphie Kids. Um, that title come from Ralph Lauren, of course, the Ralph Lauren clothing, and we considered ourselves, you know what I mean, children of Ralph Lauren. Um, the OG G. George had drew a big moral Spanish G. George on St. George in Utica. Now, um, when we was introduced to the game, we was doing it for toys, for food, and things of that nature. Right. Um, my peer, which is Curtis Vance Frizz, was older than us. He taught us that, hold up, man, we can make money doing this. Now, we used to sell batteries, no lie, batteries and tams mm. and gloves. Them was the first things that we ever sold, sold for profit, and I mean wholesale. Back then, I didn't know they would have turned out like this, but on Eastern Parkway in Utica, it's a person named Reggie. He happened to resign in my projects now, but he's from Crown Heights. 
um, when we was children, he was the first entrepreneur that we came in contact with. Mm. Back then, I didn't know the title. You know, we children, we don't understand it. But St. John's Utica is busy. Utica, Utica, Rinson, Rinson, Dollar Cabs. You got 46 bus to 14 bus. The last stop on Utica Avenue, the four train, the three train going to East New York, the West Indians. You know, that's that's a mecca for Crown Hikes. Mm-hmm. Now, he used to sell tans and gloves out there. So the people, the local people in our community, when they commuting back from work, therefore, the stuff was selling there. So now... We'll go out and we'll steal a, a basket. Like um, when I was a child, it was a store called Lambstones or um, Bolton's, stores like that. We'll go in there, it'd be a little tweet basket. Long story short, I end the day probably stealing 100 batteries or 500 gloves. Mm-hmm. It may not sound like nothing to nobody else, but we children at the time. Remind you, we like 13, 14. So now, we might have stole some clothes. We keeping them clothes. Might be giving it to our siblings, our mans. But now when we get back, the cash in, we going right to Reggie house and we walking out with a thousand, fifteen hundred, and we children doing this wholesale, wholesale, wholesale. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, 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 real quick, um, Ralphie kids, um, you say your mother passed away, your aunt took you in, yes, right. You held her accountable as a youngin because of the hardship, yes. But then when you got older, you realized that you couldn't hold her accountable. She was on drugs and she was an alcoholic. Yes. Now, where was your father? Um, My father was around the whole time. Really? But um, I'll get to that later, but um, my father recently passed away, but I don't consider my father a man. I consider my father a male. To me, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, a man take care of his responsibilities. A male is someone, a dad of an adult, homo sapien, and his physical attributes make him uh, a male. A mm-hmm. male don't have to be a man. Mm-hmm. Um, my father never, to my understanding, never had a, a dependency on drugs or any outside influence. He was not a criminal. He was a mason, um, a 32nd degree, and a... Um, and when he passed away, he was the national, um, I think, treasurer for the whole East Coast. Um, I come to understand that he ran away from his responsibilities. Um, so I always held him at fault. So the bottom line is I'm a product of my environment. And mm. average person in your environment, the female is playing a male role and a female role. So that's mm. another thing that I got to take into account when my aunt attempted to rear me because my aunt don't have no children of her own. And... It's a big step taking on your, your, your sibling children, especially when it's three. But emphasis added. I want to hold my father, I hold my father account, accountable for a lot of things because I have two other brothers and two other siblings, mm. two sisters. So it's five of us all together. I'm the youngest sibling out of, out of all my siblings. My father allegedly agreed to take my two brothers with his side of the family down south, and my sister's supposed to stay with my mother's side of the family. But at the last minute, he reneged with me because of allegations about if he was my father, my, my, my biological father or not. Wow. Because of foul upbringings in my mother's personal life with her stepfather, which was my grandfather, but not my biological grandfather. Mm, so, um, well, that's why you said it was your, your family was, uh, earlier you said your family dysfunctional. was dysfunctional. I didn't you know that abnormal. growing up. Abnormal yeah. and dysfunctional. I didn't know that growing up. After I was released from the life sentence and I was resigning with my sister, my sister is a, um, like a child psychiatrist, my older sister, she was conversing with me and she told me about one of her theses that she wrote that helped her pass. So she explained to the hardship 
and the um, things that my mother fell victim to. Um, mm-hmm. I expressed this to the rest of my family, mainly my aunt that raised me, and they said my sister was exaggerating and lying. So I read the, uh, mm. I just let it sit in my mind and marinate on the mental roller decks. Um, I became into a roadblock inside my life where I was advocating for my um, grandmother residence in the projects I was born in. Unfortunately, I was born in the same apartment that my my mother passed away in. I was born in 383 Livonia, Van Dyke housing. Mm. We had a double apartment. Mm. I, I was born inside that apartment, mm. but my mother passed away in the same apartment due mm. to the ill dealings of my family. She died to a Caesar, but before she had a Caesar, it was an allegation that she was raped right beforehand. And prior to that, before I was born, she was getting dealt with and getting molested. So she had mental mental problems. So she was in and out the um, mm. mental institutions. Now, um, present tense in about 09, no, I'm lying, about 2014, when I was advocating with NYCHA and when I used the Freedom of Information Act to obtain the information, I found the police report to my grandfather and I found the police report to my mother passing away in there. And when I went to Kings County, not Kings County, part in South Brookdale, which is a local hospital in my area, um, they admitted me for about three days trying to say that I was, um, you know, not of sound mind because um, I go against authority figures. Like, um, they always told me I need custodial adjustment when I was inside institutions. And I understand what it is. And, of course, I do have a problem with authority figures if they want to throw their weight around. Mm. so my upbringings was crazy. But like I said, emphasis added, I'm not blaming my upbringings on the way I carried my life. I understand and I take responsibility that I got addicted to fashion. Do, do, do real quick, um, do, when you found out this information about your moms, right, and these inf- this certain information, um, did you approach your family? Yes. And you said that they tried to say your sister over-exaggerated because obviously she bared witness to certain things that was going on. Um, I'm just trying, how old was your mom when she had you? And this makes me feel so uninformed, um, I can't even say. Because I'm trying to figure out, like... But I know this much. My mother... Um, was she go like, you said, when you said she had mental illness, was she's was she, like, I'm trying to, and no, this is with all due respect... To to be taken a, a advantage of at as an adult is was she mentally ill? You saying or her being taken advantage of led to her being mentally ill? If you understand what I'm saying, oh, I understand. She couldn't because fi- she fight because uh, she not uh, as a grown up. How can somebody as a grown yeah. up? She could fight, I believe, but um, what's it, going on? What what went on allegedly happened when she was young. Okay, so was this so that led her to to my understanding to the mental disturbance and got towards it. the end. It was more easy to conduct it because to um, Stockholm syndrome. Yes, the, the the lineage is this. My mother was the oldest sibling. Um, oh. My grandmother met her husband, and they had twelve more children after that. But they lived down south. They met down south. They they moved to New York. When they moved to New York, my mother was the only sibling that was from prior a prior uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Now my grandmother married the grandfather that I know. So my guess is once my mother became of age, he started looking at her foully and dealt with her foully. Mm. Now, it was an allegation that I may have been, or my oldest sister may have been my my grandfather's child. Oh. Now, growing up, 
I do recall my oldest sister, and my oldest sister is the same age as my youngest, my two youngest uncles. She older than my two youngest uncles, and a little younger than my, my youngest aunt. So I believe since she was raised in a, in a household with my grandparents, that she called my grandmother mama and called my grandfather daddy because the aunts and uncles that live in reside in the residence do the same thing. So out of emulation, but. Once I became older, she told me my grandfather had a separate apartment that she used to, he used to take her to sometimes. Mm. And when I got the foil information, it was a second apartment. And when I asked my other uncle, uh, my uncle Little Bit, he confirmed it. Now, um, unfortunately, I went to my brother funeral, excuse me, about a few years ago down south. And this was my brother that was closer to me in age and I look, I look identical like. Um, I go to his funeral, um, the family members down there, you know, they surprised to see me, they didn't know I existed. Um, but while we was down there, me and my sister got into a big a big fight orally. My other sister, she said that the rest of my family members didn't accept her because I had, down there they was kind of well off and they was accepting me. I looked just like my father and just like my brother that passed away. Um, so they say they ain't accept my sister. So I told them, if they don't accept my sister, Bibi, they don't accept me. So my oldest sister, Angela, tried to tell me that my mother purposely... Now, now hold up. Let me back up. Shara Price is my first cousin. This is the side of my family I'm talking about, my father's side. Mm -hmm. Now, Shara Price got two twin sisters, one of them that's recently passed away. When I went to my brother... I spoke at my brother's funeral, and I didn't want to, but I spoke and I shot at my father. Um... I have no problem with communication. I had life in prison and I took my way out, so therefore I'm never going to bite my tongue. I just know I got to um, be professional and respectful while doing it. So therefore, I went and spoke at my brother's funeral and I shot daggers upon daggers upon my father. I thought that would bring him down to earth, but it did not. Um, when we got back to the hotel where we were staying at, my older sister, we got into it because he said my family wasn't accepting my other sister. So I said... Fuck them. If they don't accept her, I don't accept them. I know that's my sister. She said my mother may have lied about my name because, me back up, my my cousin showed me at the gravesite. I'm named after my grandfather. My grandfather on my father's side named Rudolph. My oldest uncle, shout out to my uncle Rudy. I just recently met him about two, three years ago. I, I never met him. I talked to him on the phone, but he's extremely helpful. My father grew up wanting to be like him. He's a military man, never did, never did a crime in his life. He's almost 100 years old right now. Um, his name is Rudy and Rudolph, and his, their father's name is Rudolph. And they have a grave site for me. So that right there proved that my father knew who I was and kept it away from everybody because my father is like the general breadwinner before he passed away out of his siblings and the plot of land that's left down, in, in, down south in North Carolina. So to me, nobody can ever tell me that my father didn't know that I was his. So when my sister did that, I triple that too. I read a lot, do a lot of reviews. She's mentally crippled. Um, she still tells me that she loved, uh, loved my grandmother and my grandfather, and I find that absurd. Um, I speak about this a lot on my platforms and in my personal life. I don't deal with my family. I deal with people on the outside more. Me, me I don't deal with my relatives, rather. I understand that relatives is blood-related, and family members have emotional connection. You understand? Like, um, I have a close friend named Corey Buzzy. He's from Queens. I believe you're familiar with him. On a street level, his name is um, OB. 
Mm-hmm. Used to be Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Lost. I met Corey or Ob in a Beacon. Of course, like I always say, my weight is up. Um, he wasn't a hooligan then. He was all right. Him and one of my close friends, Chad. Um, I held it down and I represented him. Up top, I represented him. Um, I did his legal arguments. I got him his his reversal. I helped do his three thirty thirty. I helped. Um, I suggested Johnny Cochran come in and speak an oral argument for him in Q Gardens um, on a scrimp of uh, Mr. Cheeks when he did the remix with, with um, Little Kim. And that happened. And my comrade is free. It's people like that that helped me. And he's my family. Understood. Or like Hocus. So, um, like I said before, I don't like to go with titles. And I don't deal with stuff in the traditional sense. Respect. All right, so look. Let's go back now. You know, um, we, we we dealt with the family situation for a minute. You know, what I'm saying well, I'm, I'm gonna go back into the the, the the low life in the whole beginning stages. So, like, do you remember your first your, your first store that you hit? Or your first your first big store? Um, the first big popular store. Yes. Um, where I'm from, I'm from Crown Heights, the um, St. John's Polo Posse, or the Ralphie Kids. Technically, it's from um, St. John's in Utica, but it's like four blocks away from my aunt block on Prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, my block is extremely rough, so I was already doing crime. Before I ever stole anything, and I tell the lowlifes all the time, the ones that know me, they don't play with me. Before I ever know how to steal, I knew how to kill, and I'm being extremely boastful. Um, but the first big store that I believe hitting, um, other than like Lambstones, Woodworth, Woody's, Stuff that me and my younger peers hit. Mm. I believe the first big one, because Macy's and all that was nothing to me, was um, Gimbo's. Gimbo's mm. on 86th Street. Other than Gimbo's, um, Barney's. Shout out to um, Money Ray, one of my, my OGs. Yeah. Ray Lowe took me in Barney's first. I think I was like 12 years old when I first went in Barney's. Um, Decente. I don't know if y'all familiar with Decente. Nah. Right where Columbus Circle at. Okay, used to be a ski there. store, a famous ski store called Decente on 57th Street. When I was a child, a coach costed like two, three thousand dollars. They was more expensive than the Paragons, and I used to steal out the Paragons. Now, at that age, how do you how do you know that you can do this type of stuff? You know what I'm saying? At 11, 12, 13, how do you know oh, you had we, to? Oh, we we invented this. What do you mean invented it? I'm a trendsetter. What I do is it wasn't done before me. Or my peers. Mm. When I say that meaning this, I go up the back, I don't know how to hack, that's great facts. Um, I didn't create that. I, I yeah, didn't chill create out, that. No, chill out, real chill talk, out, son, I didn't create that. The OG Otis created that. It's a technique when we was children. Um, I know how to, still to this day, I know how to throw stuff up my back and help a knapsack hold it. Where you could be looking at me in one movement, you blink, you blink, you don't know what stinks, it's gone. I'm talking about 30 pair of pants up my back and you don't know nothing. And then I could turn around and if you was a store, you was security at the door, I could turn around and be like, this your AV, open up my book bag. I'm not taking my book bag off. I'm not allowed to take my book bag off. Open my book bag. Once you open my book bag, you're going to see books in there. You ain't going to see the stuff up my back. You know why? Because it's between my back and my jacket and it's holding it. That's called up the back. Um, mm. My OG Kev, I always shout him out, Boosting Kev. R.I.P. to Boosting Kev. Roosevelt Finest. Mm. He was one of the first entrepreneurs out of the lowlights, first rapper out of the lowlights. He stole all his music equipment, made his own songs. Wow. And Starbuck, I used to look up to him also. Um, 
He created the Lizzie bag. What's Break that? it down, the Lizzie bag. Yeah, what's that? The Lizzie bag is the Lizzie bag. The Lizzie bag is, they came out with alarm systems. When I was a child, Lizzie's wasn't really out. Lawns wasn't everywhere. And they still not out everywhere in high-end stores. But in regular stores, they got the alarms to stop the people from shoplifting or from retail theft. Mm-hmm. Therefore, um, they have electric devices inside the little alarm systems. Boosting Kev is one of the people or the main person that came up with finding a bag and lining it with aluminum foil and duct tape. We know now to being adults or some some electricians know that if you put duct tape in aluminum foil, it blocks all the reception from everything else. So guess what? You put the stuff in the bag, it won't ring. That is a Lizzie bag. So therefore, you don't got to go in the store and pop the stuff. One, one, two. No, you throw everything in the bag. You go in the store, 40 pair of pants, and you write out the store two seconds flat. Mm. So, 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 before we, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is very interesting. You, so, this is an interesting topic, actually. So you got the Lizzie bag, you said something else. Go up the back. Up the back. Go up the, up the back. bitty. We call it up the bitty. Up the bitty. We city slickers. We run the city. Do you, so how many, before, it's two questions I have for you. I want to know, do you remember, did you join Low Life or you was there when it started? That's what I want to know. No, no, I told you, I was there for Ralphie Kids. Ralphie Kids. So then the Low Life name changed. I heard on the interview that you said it changed because a lady. Sh- yeah, because of a situation on, on 42nd Street. Yes. But like I said back then, there's a caliber effect, but I am Low Life. I was there when that was formed. But I'm an original Ralphie Kid. Original, original. Original Ralphie Kid. How many members of the Ralphie Kids were there? I'm going to say roughly, I apologize beforehand, maybe about 30. 30. Hmm. And then that low life situation happened on 42nd Street where the lady said, you're well, a low prior life. prior to that happening, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. Rack, George Billups, yeah. um, he moved to Marcus Garvey. Okay. Which is in Brownsville, MGV. I know you're talking about. Even though before he moved there, the OG Frizz already schooled some of, the, some of his main pupils from over there already which is Beck Live or OG Low Life that's well-respected in our culture, Ski Black, and the OG Mark that's passed away that got killed. All three of them is part of Frizz um, regime. It's an entourage. He already schooled them. They was already in crime hikes. But when the large marriage happened, that happened when once Rack moved down there, and on a large scale, we start interacting. Mm. But I was already... Um, no, it was already established. Everything was already established at that point. And repeat the story of how the name Low Life came from what you remember. Oh, oh, no. It's, um, my memory is that of an elephant. Um, I got an a- accurate memory. <laughs> yeah, chill out. Yo, Rudy, I'm real talk, you, son, real talk. I like you, Rudy, but chill out, man. You no, 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 no real talk, man, real talk. I can remember. I can remember a lot of things, man. Um, it happened like this. Um, I'm going to be friendly. Shout out to Victor Dessus, Thurston Howard. Don't be Bird. friendly. Don't be friendly, Rudy. You want all the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Rudy Chronicles, nigga. You got to know how that is in my producer. Rudy Chronicles. Don't be friendly. Shout out to, um, I'm going to keep it respected, Victor Dezus. Mm. Um, fuck the fake Rudy Low. This is how this shit went, bro. Mm. Um, we was on 42nd Street. And like I said, I got to keep it 100. Vic and Disco, the niggas fuck mad bitches. That's about it. Y'all famous in that area. But anyhow, um, um, a female caught Victor Dezus, which is... Um, Thurston Howard III mm-hmm. talking to her next broad. So she was like, oh my God, you're fucking low life. But she said that in the sense where, you know, scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. So God bless the dead, be Bill the great. Mm-hmm. He said, oh my God, that's shit. Like, 
like Mike is Mike was animated. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's just sound hype. Or the mother. Now, emphasis added. We already was calling low. Polo was already low. Low was already short for Polo. Mm. That's what I was saying. Mm. So when she said that, once Mike got hype, it was a jingle to our ears. And I and no the majority was like, yeah, yeah, that shit wait. All right, that's what we is. We low lights. And from then, it stuck. Not just that incident. Like I said, my man B. Bill created them L's at that day. The L's that we all throw up, that I throw up famously. And in addition to people like... How the L's look again? Can you show us? These are the same L's that Will Smith throw up. Mm -hmm. The same L's that Jay-Z throw up. The same L's that um, Meek Mills throw up. Shout it out, Roro. Um... Mm. And everyone else, um, fabulous. Oh well, hold up. Let me keep it accurate here. John John, I'ma say Paul Kane throw the L's up. John John like to dance around it and be political, but I'm not gonna be political. I love his platform. He's informative. Um, I know you know about Hip Hop Police. You know mm -hmm. about that book by yeah. Derek Parker. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get to that later with BGSG and Squad, Brevoy G and Squad. But they're part of my lineages. They're part of um low life history. Mm. But um, I don't know why he like to um. Dance around it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Fabulous. Oh, whoa. Let's whoa. back it up. Whoa, Rudy, slow down. <laughs> Let's back it up. You my man, but slow down Let's right now. Let's back it up, baby. So so why would Fabulous get ridiculed for dancing around? You know, you know, he's street fam, family first. He got his thing. Why should he get ridiculed? Rush, I need to know the link, what's behind should he the get reason why I say that for not throwing up the low life logo. This is what I say. Because I did see it before. I did see All it. All right, this is what I, I say. I saw it. Um, I boast and brag about this all the time. I'm a shoplifter, but I'm a gangster. My nuts hang. I was in prison amongst murderers, and I never denounced my craft because that don't make me who I am. You feel what I'm saying? That don't make me who I am. That's just my hustle. That's just what the fuck I do. You could be a working man, and if somebody violates your family, you could push a nigga shit back to yesterday. Mm. That shit don't mean nothing. So now, when Fabulous came out, which is John John, what was his name? Fabulous. Sport. First it was Sportlow. The Conrad GKB, the big homie Sportlow from Albany Projects, told him you can't use that name. So he shortened it up to Fabulous Sport when he got with Todd Webb and Nitty and them. Y'all yeah, know who Rudolph is. When he got with them mm. and when he got on top and when he got with all that chill out, the rapping stuff. Now nah, I ain't on, got to chill. Tell you, you, you know that's my family. You, you know that's my family. I know who they are, but guess what? Well, come on, you can't man. tell a black man to chill when I'm symbolic to the sun. Yeah. When God Tony is my friend. I know everything. I'm a historian. But I don't want to bring all the smoke up here, but we know what's going on here. So what? You hold on, hold on. R.I.P. to Free. He was a good brother, man. You trying to say that Fab was boosted and was a low life? He was, yes. I'm not trying to say it. Uh, trying is an attempt. Uh, so the nigga changed his life. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. He changed his life, so you want him to still throw up low life when that was associated with stealing? No, or why not? He associated with murders, with murderers and killers. Hmm. Which one is worse? Now look, I've never been ashamed of my craft. The, the older people in my community, they accepted me and my peers before they accepted the decepts. They accept the crypts before they accept the bloods. And this is actual and factual, you know why? Because it's different waves. I, me and my peers didn't do crime in our community. We ain't want no bum ass shit from picking a Belmont from Utica Avenue. Man, I went to the high end store, you went to Manhattan. We went out of we went out of town. When we come around, we entrepreneur. We selling the stuff to the people in our community. So we happy go lucky. I told you the majority of my friends was pussy. They bozos with polo, man.
But I'm saying that you can't, you can, but you shouldn't get mad at a nigga for changing his life, man. No, all I'm saying is, come on, the past make on, the Ruby. present, the present make the future. Acknowledge where you come from. So do you want him to rap about stealing clothes and No, boosting? I ain't saying rap about it. But rap about the low life. Say no, shout no, he it don't out. gotta rap about nothing, but he do rap about my lifestyle. Our lifestyle. Where mm. all that flashy shit come from. Listen, check this out. Let me drop some science on the followers here and the fans. Mm. When people be selling drugs, murdering niggas on the corner, or when people at work, guess what? I go on three meals a day, 9, 12, and 4 o'clock. I'm in the stores getting the stuff. The boosters bring back the new stuff to the hood. That's true. And nowadays, which is the closest, which is our relatives, the swipers, the scammers, they bringing everything back. You don't got a drug dealer or a nigga that's working or hustling, don't got time to be going to Manhattan shopping and all that shit. See what you're saying. Now, what I always like to boast about is when I was a child, and I believe you're about 32, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do research. Like I'm nosy. <laughs> That's cool. That's nice. Um, 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 when I was a child, hip hop emulated the streets. Now it's different. Now Lil Wayne is blood. Lil Wayne kissed his stepfather in the mouth, and his name is Weezy F. Baby. He wear female pants, leggings, Yo. and he kissed like that, but he not gay. But if a regular nigga that's not popular kiss a nigga on the mouth, he gay. So now the shit is backwards. Mm. Straight backwards. So now what I'm saying is now you're going to denounce where the fuck you come from. Like, no, no, this is real talk, man. We can't dance. You know what? I'm going I'm to I'm touch on this. I'm feeling to touch on this. Shout out to Amin, man. The Eye Stone, man. That's my comrade, my childhood friend. He's in prison. Um, you know, I used to pump Cass, Casanova two times. I used loved to, it. Him. You used to do what? I used to listen to his music. Pump him. Okay, bump him. Yeah, I was yeah, one of his yeah. number one fans. Shout out to the Conrad Moose. Shout it out, Conrad. Um, you know, he, he 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 networked with the real Moose in him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Rod Ra five five one. But um, you know, we give shout out to all the um YouTube stations or whatever. Um, the little dude, I really don't like him much. Not like y'all, but the little dude CC, little gay nigga, right? He went in on him, right? And a few months ago, he said. Allegedly. Why he gotta be gay though? I mean, come on, smoke. Like, because he do gay type shit. What, but, but that doesn't make him a homosexual. Nah, I didn't say he was homosexual. I said he gay. So gay is behavior. Yeah, his gay behavior. Okay, so you think he's so he had gay behavior because what he can people up and you feel he causes trouble. I, I I call it gay behavior because he's not acting like a man. So he found a lane. Like let, let, let's get, no, his lane is wavy. He found a lane. So we gonna give him credit for his lane. It's wavy. But not acting like what do you expect him to do? Um, I like to consider him as a gate gangster. Um, I'm a jail nigga. Okay. You know I mean? Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not proud of it. And a lot of niggas be gangsters behind a motherfucking gate when you can't get to a motherfucker. But he found his lane. Rudy, I know that, on, but man, you know Rudy? what I can't understand? It could be four or five everybody people in the room. Everybody ain't true, Rudy. No, no, it could be a four or five people in the room. Right. I might react one way when everybody looking, when the audience looking. Mm. But if he, if let's say G Money might pull me to the side, it's a whole different dynamics now when he pulled me to the side. But guess what? If I'm a corny nigga. When he pulled me to the side, now I come back to you and be like, yeah, I told that nigga, fuck that nigga. But I really didn't tell him that. Mm. But you don't know that. Niggas is bitch-made niggas. So you know what I like to do? I put everybody on the spot. They say I start trouble. If you say that, as soon as I come from the back, I'm going to say, G-Money, what the fuck you said about Queen Flip? Let him know. I, ain't, I Tell him about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the real shit. What's wrong with you, bro? No, but I'm not going to let a nigga pump fake around me. Man, that shit is corny, man. Mm. I think it could go toward cause wars and all that type of gay shit. I respect it. You know what I mean? I did three years in Southport, man. Niggas to be behind the gates. You, yo, listen, you could be anybody, anybody. Lion, tiger, kings, tigers, you could be surrounded by anything. 
When, listen, any man can be anything when you at your time of comfort and need. Who you are when it's chaos, when it's confusing, that's when you measure the degrees of a man. Mm. So, he winning on Casanova. I respect, I respect No, no, I ain't finished on Casanova. Okay. Casanova allegedly said that, God bless the dead classic, 21st and Ocean, right, the swiper, that he has something to do with his alleged death. Then come to find out, uh, alleged crime that Classic was involved in, he was snatched by the felony rallies, which is the reptiles, which is the pigs, and allegedly said something. But now, lo and behold. Wait, wait, hold, hold, hold. You talking about Casanova? Casanova two times. The rapper. Now, uh, now, two times. Two times. Two now, this times. is what we're going to say. He came out with So Brooklyn. I opened up this interview with So Brooklyn. I'm a fake-ass rapper. I love the So Brooklyn remix. Rod Dollar, shout it out to real Rod Dollar. This shit is fire. But I didn't do one yet for this fact. In the lyrics inside Casanova, did y'all catch what he said? No, tell us. He said, the nigga said paperwork. Some shit, I'm going to show you how my paper work. Now, we talk about paperwork. People saying black and white on them because you no know, black and white is out of sight. But he's saying, fuck what y'all niggas said. I got money. I got a budget. I got the bag. I'm a rapper. I'll show you how my paperwork. So hold up. You know how I interpret that? Popularity or finances or a machine behind you say fuck the morals and principles fuck what the general public say that he's a rat they look past that now but we, we, where's the pa i didn't see no paperwork on him so it's no, just I, hearsay. that's why i said hold up that's why i said allegedly you did say allegedly so but then the fact that you're but no but hold up the fact this that you're I going I'm in old rudy i'm right. old school when you should do in doubt what's the saying i don't know you do without <laughs> The fact if that there's any speculation, I'm not fucking with you, man. Rudy. No maybes. Yo, no. Hold, oh, hold, hold, whoa. You cannot do that. You can't. If you didn't see the paperwork, you shouldn't put that much emphasis in something. You should not. No, no. When there's I say, no paperwork. No, there's cast. no paperwork saying that, but that's, guess, I haven't seen it yet, but guess what? So who, who, I didn't see it neither. No, I haven't seen it yet either. Okay, so why are you going in? No, no. What I'm saying is the general public. Who? Why don't I not The people that love the song. So Brooklyn. Said that what? He ratted? No, they love the song. But you didn't see no paperwork I on this I didn't say man. I saw any paperwork. I'm saying the big allegations, anybody that's shaky in my life, mm -hmm. I don't back him. But uh, I could be wrong. Is he in but, your life? Do you know? Are you, are you, no, you, no, he's not in my life personally or nothing. Okay. But I'm not going to support anything with somebody where I'm shaky on. But I'm speaking on the general public because I know personally uh, some people that's part of the same thing that he's part of. That's part of what? The industry and talent? The set. The set. <laughs> the set, we know what it is. What are you talking about? Off the record, we, they part of the same network system that he's a part of. And they still jack him, but they won't jack somebody else. Because there's no paperwork. It ain't got to do with paperwork. They do got to do paperwork. Not to me. We they can't do, do that, Rudy, though. Can't do that, man. Can't do that. All right, so I, gotta, I respect you, but I can't agree with that. All right, that. but I got an answer for you and for the general public for everybody Tell me, else. tell me. All we got to do is get his name and use FOIL, like what I'm about to use on somebody else. Freedom Information Act. You go to City Hall, the barrel that he was convicted in. You tell the real name. My name is Rudolph Athea. You go to Queens County. I had life in Queens. You go to Queens, they're going to go to court clerk. They're going to give you the records. But they're going to tell you you have to pay for the copies. So you just pay for the copies and you'll have them yourself. It's public record. That's what journalists, journalists use. And it's all legal. You just got to pay for the copies. Anybody can get it. All you got to do is know his real name. Uh -huh. So that put an answer to everything. Or, in addition to, informative. You don't got to go to Queen's Court. You can go to one police plaza and put the same thing in, in too. And you can do it from your telephone. So when people got doubts and all that stuff like that, they can go do that. Right now, it's not personal 
on my thing. So there's no need for me to go there. I don't deal with him intimately. And emphasis added to everybody. I'm not a criminal anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a part of that lifestyle. So I don't worry about that anymore. But if I still was and some of my peers still was, yeah, I want to be informed because I don't want to be around certain people now. Um, I had a conversation earlier. People always talk about black and white. And I go with that. That's that's the most concrete thing. But sometimes you got a certain call um, common sense or um, rational thinking or rational reasoning. Um, I happen to have a paralegal degree, right? Now, one of the things my teacher taught me in a paralegal degree was this. Let's say you go to bed, um, ain't no snow outside. You wake up about six o'clock, take care of your personal hygiene. You hear the note, you hear the news, and the news tell you slow fell about three, four o'clock. You go downstairs, you see no footprints in the snow. Go back upstairs, do some other stuff. You go down maybe about eight o'clock and get the tree to mail. You see footprints in the snow, mail in the mailbox. You take the mail out. Who delivered the mail, G Money? You, the average person would say the mailman, correct? Mm. The mailman usually come about 8, 9 o'clock. Right. It's in there. We're going to say the mailman. But that's not right. That particular day, the mailman was running slow for whatever reason. The mailman was six houses down. He had the route for about 10 or 15 years. He asked one of the other neighbors, I'm running slow. Oh, could you do me something? Do me a favor, put that in the mailbox. That's called circumstantial evidence. That's the example they taught me in my paralegal course. So... Sometimes you don't have to see stuff or to see stuff in black and white to know certain stuff. And it also depends on your analytical skills, your interpretation skills, and the party that it's coming from. Now, like I always say, if you's a piece of shit and you telling me something, then I'm not listening to you. Now, if he's a stand-up individual, he's my friend, or he's somebody I know that's up front, and he give me some information, I'm going to translate it like, yeah, Queen Flip told me this at the third, but I fucks with him. He's an upfront person to me. I see how he deal with his children or how he deal with this one and third. I believe him. That don't mean that he's telling the truth. But guess what that means? I don't like a lot of people. I don't vouch for a lot of people, and I'm not perfect. But I'm putting my credit and my shit on the line right. for him, and I live by my mistakes, the good and the bad. So I'm willing to tell G-Money, listen, Queen Flip, I've been dealing with him X, Y, and he said this, that, and the third. So a nigga don't got to tell me nothing else. I'm still not saying you nothing, but I'm always going to say allegedly and this, that, and the third, but I'm not fucking with you in no capacity or no form. And any of my peers, I'm going to tell them the same thing. Because you don't need no room for error in my lifestyle. Um, So real quick, <laughs> you put you up the back. Straight facts. Up the, up the bitty, yeah. Bitty. Second one. Technique. Can, can you give me five techniques? Is it five of them or is it just? It's a few of them. Um, up the back. So you had a lazy bag. Elephant. In the nuts. You know, girdle play in the nuts, down the legs. And I like to say up under the arm. You know, regular shit like. Hmm. But um, there ain't too many people that can master that. So me. nobody was boosting before the low lives. Uh, no, that's be real ignorant to say that. Um. Yes, some people boosting me for low lights. But on a large scale, as a group of individuals. By no, operation. As an operation, no. Now you have remember we from Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, you know, you know, we thieves. Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn take it. We you know Brooklyn's hardship. You got um group of individuals from Roosevelt, Roosevelt Projects, large in the uh, midtown and shoplifting community, East New York. Um, but I like the Christian Flatbush. 
That's part of my legacy. That's the way I see it. When I was a child, my older sister I was talking about, she went to Wingate. That was the high school for the geographical location for, I don't know, like Brownsville, Crown Heights. They had um, old timers like Herman and them, um, God bless the day, Say, Mass and them. They much more older than me. Um, before it was a two front posse, before it was Ralphie kids, it was two front posse. The two front posse is the Ralphie kids, they the older people. But before they start calling themselves and us, the low, younger generation Ralphie kids, there was two front posse. That's when they went to Wingate. Once they left their neighborhood, everybody had two fronts, everybody fly out. That's what they called them. But they went to Wingate. And the history spread from there. I like the, um, I always consider myself a fake in Jamaican because I grew up in Crown Heights, but I'm American. Um, in Wingate, I know I had mostly West Indians, a lot of West Indians. You know, I'm 45. So due to my age, I was around for shower posse and all that. Mm -hmm. I was around when um, Jamaicans first started shining. When they, you know, in, in our culture, or in our geographical area, when they first started getting their weight up, you know, because they were foreigners. Um, and it's great hardship. To me, the most colorful, the most long-lasting stories, or not stories, or, or memoirs, or anything like that, is the ones that come through hardship. You gotta go out of hell to come out right. And low lives due to our upbringings, the West Indians, due to the upbringings of being accepted in our community, was the same thing. The same thing as the Crips. Um, we all was the underdogs at one time. Mm. And what I like to boast and brag and tell everybody, like I told prayers to them yesterday um, at Fashion Week, what goes around comes around. What goes up come down. So with that being said, right, the little guys is sometimes the big guys now. Mm. So I explained in the beginning, the defense is more violent than us. They was gully. They was gangsters. We were shoplifters. But who's on top now? No disrespect, but they dissolved away. You understand what I'm saying? Um, when I was a child, I always thought being physical and being a brute was the answer that made me have life in prison. It took me to have life in prison to realize I can't fucking fight my way through the fucking gate. No matter how hard I was, I could have been in the yard and been the best fucking rapper. And my nuts hang. I'm a gangster. But it wouldn't have left a legacy for my children and when I reached to the outside world, it was a fake Rudy Lowe on my spot. My so-called peers ran with it. And niggas asked me out of motherfucking history. Mm. So guess what I had to do? I had to do what older people been telling me to do. The pen is mighty in the sword. I had to fucking learn how to read and write. And then I had to go at the pilgrims to be back out here right now on this marvelous night. Oh, so, so real quick, take us through your, the, um, well, what gave you the, the, the um, Life sentence. I'm real entertaining, huh? Um, I was a, a three-time loser. No three violent felonies. Mm -hmm. I had a man. I was a mandatory three-time loser. Three violent felonies. Mm -hmm. um, my first felony, um, I had two cases running concurrent. One with a bullshit robbery in the train station. Um, we was a group of people. We was coming from stealing. Debo somebody on the train got caught. Um, the second one, um, we ran out of store. Um, with Sherlins and eight balls and shit downtown Brooklyn. I'm going to keep it 100. My fake peer, my fake OG, Curtis Vance, the one that taught us everything, wouldn't allow me to get in the car. Mm. Um, I went to prison. I had about five cases open at the time. 
So, you know, you being young and naive, they offered me a one and three. I wanted out the four and a half, I took it. But um, I wound up catching more new charges in prison and I did five years. Um, I came home with the vision of wanting to be an entrepreneur, wanting to be a rapper. I created my cookie den and the vision that I have now. But um, I did everything that everybody else tried to do. I tried to play both sides of the fence, do criminal life and do that. Um, it didn't play me well. One of my so-called friends, which happened to be, he ain't my friend, associate, he's junior mafia, Biggie Smalls, um, allegedly charged me with doing a crime with him. And um, I got incarcerated, the second time I got incarcerated was two days after the Source Awards, 1995. Four mm -hmm. source, first Source Awards at Amistad Ballroom. Um, August 17th, um, I got locked up for gun charge. I was going to do a show with the Population Click around my way and open up for AZ, a show out here in Queens. That was my second case. And then my third case was a case out here in Queens, allegedly I was charged with that I didn't do, uh, robbing a, a clothing store called Moni's on Steinway Avenue, tying the people up allegedly, getting away. I got locked up um, maybe a year after the crime. My co-defendant testified on me, uh, received a two-year sentence, and I had to advocate to get myself out. Hmm. So, when you say you didn't do the crime. No. Um, Biggie, the Biggie thing, Biggie, you said Biggie said that you did a crime with him? No, no, no. And I know you listen accurately, so I'm going I'm to I'm look past that one. Um, I said the Junior Mafia member, which is Edward Jones, <coughs> nicknamed Bagger, mm -hmm. original Junior Mafia member, he the one is my co-defendant, and he won't point the finger at me. Not, mm. not um, Biggie. Biggie didn't commit a crime with me. Mm, but you, you know, you said Biggie earlier. No, no, I said a person that was with Biggie. With, well, I didn't hear you talking fast. I'm talking. Well, I'm gonna slow it up because you might be thinking a little slow. I'm talking too fast, but you might be thinking too. Slow. I am. All right, I got I you, am. bro. I want to be able to articulate what you're saying. So I can All respond. right, so I'm gonna speak no, more clearly. I, I, I heard him say that. Yeah, he G Money heard me. G, see, he, G, he on the money. That's no, why no, I think no, G Money. I'm just fucking I'm with you. He said Biggie. He said Biggie. I'm on his side, my fault, bro. Oh, yeah. Work? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say that. I know what I said. All right, cool. I, you, you, let's let's take our time. But I'm human. I could be wrong. I could made an error. So so now, um, allegedly, you they said you robbed the store in Steinway, tied people up, got away, and then you got arrested. Somebody told yes. on you. Ch uh, accused me of a crime. Yes. Accused you of a crime. Now, you go to jail. Yes. Your sentence for the third crime, they gave you what? 20 to life. 20 to life. Yes. Because like I said before, I was a mandatory persistent. Meaning that I got that because I'm a three strikes and you out. It's an enhanced punishment. Tell us about your jail experience. Where you want to start? <laughs> From the beginning. Because we, we, we still got some more stuff to talk about. All right. Um, I'm going to start in DFY. Okay. Um... I used to be extremely overweight. I used to be real fat. So of course, for my age bracket, I was big. And I always had the same mentality that I had. And apparently I always had an anger issue. Um, in Sparford, I did what the fuck I wanted to do. Um, I walked around, got the cookies from the OD office whenever I wanted to. Um, Rackers Island. And all the OGs can contest to this. 1990? No, I'm uh, I don't want I'm gonna get it right. 1991. Mart 9, 
I blew police face off. Facts. Stuff the razor raw dog, no homo. That's one of my claims to fame. After that, my cell, Rudolph Pathea, at the time I was under alias named Vance, I never got my cell searched after that. When the squad come, they respect my shit. Barely all of them. This is 1991. Mm. This is 1991. Um, went upstate. Stood in green, I think, four days. They ain't like my kind in green. I yapped something to mess with. I was out of there quick. Got caught with the other three burdens I had. I came up with five Gillettes. Um, actually, and we're going to back it up. We're going to keep it 100. I came up north December 12, 1991 with Ty Guns, baby. The person that started the Stones. He was in my house and two up. That's my little man. My little man. He tell everybody. Facts. I'm a real nigga. Like, all these dudes already know. Um... I went to Kasaki. The famous OG Lele from Queens was in Kasaki, of course. Guy Tony, GT, Kasaki, of course. The Conrad, Jake, Algae, of course. Um, I went there and turned up. It was a person from Shaw, a, a person named Shaw from Queens I had to touch over there. Um, Why? Because he snuck the my best friend Bob B Bob B Bob had some lavender wallies. Bob is a low life, original low life, but he's not aggressive like me. It was a cool brother named Bobby Brown from Harlem. Mm-hmm. Shy used to eat with me actually. Shy was my man. Remember, I, 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 I'm, I'm hardcore. I was in the yard under the politics. I'm, I'm with the shits. Um, he let he gave Bob Bob gave Bobby Brown the, the wallies to bring back to him. You know, the, the porters be locked out. So I'm giving this to the portal for you could transfer it and bring it up there. Lele intercepted him. You know, Lele, Lele nuts hang. Lele's like, no, the OG of Queens. Lele, yo, give me them shits. What? Yo, give me, don't give a fuck who them shits is. They laughing the hot top wallies. This is this is a 92. Mm. It's 90, early 92. So any, anyway, they swiped them on the shit. Me and him had just had an argument a little while before. Cause I told God Tony suck my dick in the yard. Me in, in the mess hall rather. And he like, yo, you wildin' on me? Fuck out of it. Fuck you mean I'm wildin'. My gun go off. Fuck you talking about. So he wind up in the room and went to the streets that he thought that I snaked him. Since Shy used to eat with me, I said, fuck that nigga, sneak thieving shit. So that wasn't the case. So since my friend from the streets, no, my friend from the streets, before I got incarcerated, before he got incarcerated, he used to come see me. The same person I'm talking about. Um, I used to live in Philadelphia when I got incarcerated. So he went to Philadelphia, brought my clothes up and everything. So this is really, really my friend. Not just a man I know from the streets, my real friend. But he thinking that I flipped on him and snaked him and that my man sneaked thief him. So therefore, we had to go to the yard and do what we had to do. So I made sure that he cut shy. And once he cut shy, when the politics, when Al G and, and all them want to, not Al G part itself, when Lele and all them want to step up, then we could, we could rumble, we could do whatever. This whole shit will be shut down. And that's the case. So therefore, um, Remember, I'm a lowlife, original lowlife. I know how to steal, immaculately steal. I've been stealing all my life. I'm a thief. The biggest robbery I ever caught in a penitentiary is from a nigga from Queens. Um, everybody that was in Kasaki, you know, yeah, a nigga from Queens, I ain't slowing down. I caught about three chains, hmm. about two loudmouths. That's the big cassette players. He was a fly nigga, too. He had about maybe 10 pairs of kicks, and I spread it to joy. I didn't keep nothing. I'm a lowlife nigga, and I just came on state, and I ain't had no property. But I never been a bum ass nigga. My man Bob didn't want the stuff. Bob only wanted his Wally's back. So I gave all that to Wide L. Shout out to the car at this K home. Wide L, C Real, Al G, 
and um, guying them. I let I, I let them keep the shit. I didn't want it. My man Bob didn't want it. I did that to show him that nigga. I didn't not nigga, but to show my friend I didn't snake him. Got it. That was my first bid. Um, it ain't finished. Um, Cassack. Hold on, hold on. I went from there to Southport. Uh, once I went to Southport, you know, no Southport kind of the big league. It ain't no kind. It is Cassack's adolescent jail. So therefore, the people that I know in there is from Rackers Island, or they're a few years younger than us, and maybe been up north maybe two or three years before us. So, isn't that intimidating? But once I stepped foot in Clinton, you know that's a different dynamics. It looked like Mad Max and all that shit. You know what I mean? The courts. It's hard to describe. You got to be in Clinton to see it. You know, before when it was skiing, I was there when it was still skiing. We could still ice skate. I was there when it wasn't when it was sand. There it was no blacktop. You feel what I'm saying? Um, um, I went to Southport about three times. It was marvelous over there. Um, nah, and, 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 and I'm saying that in an ignorant sense. At the time, um, I realized this. I went to jail young, so I never had anything of real value. So I wasn't really missing nothing. Once I was in prison, all I was focused on was being Rudolph. And being me is not letting nobody play me, keeping it a hundred, and that's it. I didn't care about no time. I never made a parole board, my first board, never in my life. I never had supervision. I did everything. I maxed out. Now, my first board, one of my older comrades came to Clinton. This is my second time in Clinton. I'm about to max out. I'm about to go home over five years. Um, he got Nubians, Nubians started. Um, Nubians is an organization. I'm not, I don't want to say it's a gang. It's not a gang. It's an organization that was formed amongst the blacks. It's similar to Bloods. Um, the Nubians started in Clinton. Um, the OGs or the founders of the Nubians was my big homies. They taught me stuff and the rest of my peers. But let's say I can remember off the back, off the top of my head, my Conrad London from Staten Island. Shout out to Conrad. My Conrad Carlos. Um, myself, and maybe a few other people, we didn't take the oath. We didn't technically become Nubians. But my comrade Ron Du, the comrade Cash, you know what I mean? Everybody else, you know, they took the oath. But remind you, we still together every day. We still eat. We still doing everything together. I don't see there's no difference. Personally to myself, I never needed a piece of paper or no title to say that you my man or this person my man. Mm. If you my man, you my man. You, I know what it is already. Nobody got to tell me nothing. I don't need no kite. I don't need none of that. This is the way I personally move. So I didn't, we didn't sign on the dotted line. Anyhow, when my Conrad came to the facility, my Conrad was new upstate. So therefore, he used to walk the yard with me and, and my peers because, you know, we was with the shits. Mm. Um, he got into one of my peers, which was a newbie. His name was Uptown. And um, they worked through the machine together, the dish machine. One person pitch, one person takes out in a mess hall. Think of an industrial setting. Mm. Um, the dude uptown, they got into a verbal alter- altercation, and uptown told him to suck his dick. So now my comrade is a murderer in the streets, and he's older than me. So I always told him, like, yo, nigga, tell you, you know, X, Y, you know. You. So he spit out right then and there and blew the dude. So the dude went to IPC, which is involuntary protective custody. Um, 
No word went out to the rest of the homies and all that that happened. And they found out who my man from the streets was. Now, his siblings is OGs in the penal system. Um, they all connected. So he, he got a pass. Allegedly, he supposed to get a pass. Um, the younger people, which is my age, and at the time, I'm about 19, I believe. About 19 at the time. So the people that's my age, they don't know who the older people is. So they still bickering, you know, side-talking. So me and my comrade, Ron Dew, in London, we working a mess all together. The people our age that were still trying to keep stuff up, we were sending them out. Hmm. Now, I had lost the wreck because of an incident with the comrade Ron Dew and Carlos having a fight in the yard with a Spanish brother. So the older individuals kept saying, if Rudy Lowe get his wreck back, if he go to the yard, he's going to start some big shit. Because I had, I was popular amongst the people, um, you know, the people of my peers, mm. my, you know, the young people in the jail. One of the reasons why I was popular with the young people in the jail because of my older brother, Money. Um, he's not my physical family, but right. my grandma raised him and he grew up around my family. I knew him all my life. He get the bag, you know, he, he a move maker. So every weekend he made sure I was good. So long as I'm good, anybody I'm with is good. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So we never need it for nothing. If it's a if it's a a, a festival going on, anything, all I gotta do is go to him. Money ain't an object. So, um, like I said, I never needed for nothing. When the stuff did pop off, it's an OG name, and I can say this now because it was kind of. Um, Faggot niggas putting shit in the game, so I can say this. Can't use that word. All right, excuse me. Um, Corny people instigating stuff. Uh, I'm going to say R.I.P. to the OG Nate Lewis. Now, Nate Lewis was on my gallery. He was a a port on my gallery. That was somebody I looked up tremendously. Mm -hmm. When I say I looked up to, I mean, anytime anything happened with me and my peers, when I went back to my gallery, Mm -hmm. or if not that night, if he not locked out the next morning, I'm calling Nate to my cell. Or he pulling up and he's going to rationalize with me. Um, I never saw Nate as a person as that abuses authority. I don't see him as one of them people. I consider him as a man. Um, his brother is Nate Lu- um, Frank Lewis. I don't know if y'all familiar with Frank Lewis. Um, they call him Mr. New York. He did about 25 years in the feds. He did his last seven in New York. God bless the dead. Chaz came and picked him up from Greenhaven. He's a famous bank robber. Um, they have someone, um, a famous drug lord, um, Supreme Magnetic from Fort Greene. Mm-hmm. used to be with Eric B and him. Mm-hmm. His, his brother name is Rap, baby pa. My co-defendant, I mean, the person that hit me, Nate Lewis, is his co-defendant. Um, when, him, when him and Nate grew up, most of the people in their peers wanted to be drug dealers like Supreme Magnetic. Them two chose to be like, Frank Lewis, which was Nate Lewis' brother, mm. which was bank robbers and stick-up people. Um, when the incident happened with my comrade, when he cut the dude uptown, um, like I said, I'm telling Nate everything as it goes along. The day I got my wreck back, we ain't working a mess hall. Inside, in the back of the mess hall, there's a little day room, maybe the size of this. Um, and we were in there. We on break, actually, because, you know, um, this feeding isn't going on. Um... It was one of our comrades in long-term Keylock. He sent, and we could send food through the trays. We sent messages and food through the trays. We in the mess hall. Mm. So he sent the kite to the comrade, telling him, like, yo, 
they're going to hit you today. Rudy and doing them get their wreck back. Instead of him bringing it to me, because I would have went to Nate or somebody else, the beef allegedly posed him indebted. So he went to a dude named Black, which was a dependent person, a crackhead, and a um, deceiving person. Um, Black is Nate, man from the streets. So, you know, you're going to believe what your man say from the streets on face value. Right. When um, they try to hit my man again inside the mess hall that day, when he went to them with the kite, he blew the dude up again, ran straight to the bubble outside the day room to the police bubble and checked in. Um, there's another person named Rambo from Bushwick. Um, he tried to hit one of my old timers named Turbo that was with us. He was older than us, but he official old timer. So long story short, we got locked in there and cut, cut through the chase. Um, the joke, um, since everything was happening inside the mess hall, when they locked, it was one to nine back then. You go to the yard from one o'clock in the afternoon to nine o'clock at night. And you could choose to go to the mess hall from the yard. Everybody that was at work, none of us posers came out. Our cells on deadlock for investigative purposes because an incident has happened in the mess hall. And, you know, they posed a tainment like cancer in the, in the body. But they opened my cell by mistake. Since they tried to hit my man from New York, you know, I'm egotistical. I had pride and ego. I'm young and stupid. I still went to the yard, even though some of my peers were telling me not to go to the yard. Now, the individual money I'm talking about, he came to the yard with me. Walking to the yard, he trying to tell me, go back, don't do this, yo, uh, you know, I'm young, uh, my pride, I don't want to hear nothing. Upon the entry of the yard, it was a young Jamaican dude that's my age, or was about my age too, named Paul, never forget his name. Um, Nate called him first. As soon as he stepped on the um, sand, where the blacktop appear at now, um, he, he asked to spin, Nate hit him. He, he, he took the 100-yard dash, he ran right in. Um... Nate asked me to spin. Now, remind you, emphasis added, Nate, my big homie. Remember, Nate from my gallery. I'm never um, nervous or shook. I'm not never thinking Nate going to do anything to me. That's my big homie. But they got a little soldier dude. He not a little one anymore. You know, he got a big lawsuit now. He, you know, kind of famous now, but I don't give a fuck. Shabaka. He know who I am. Um, he was walking with us. So while he walking with us, I'm looking at, I'm paying attention to Shabaka. Um... That's like I'll speak with y'all. When I spoke, speak with most men, I look at you with eye contact. Um, like I said before, especially with um, with Nate being one of my big homies, of course I'm looking at him with eye contact when I'm walking, talking to him. So I recall vividly when we get to about the entry of the courts, to go up to the courts on the scene, he hit me. Where? In my neck. I only got hit one time ever in my life, hit me in my neck. So when I fell, it's like a semi-crowd behind us because, you know, the yard is just coming out. And when you, once you come out the yard, it's, you take a few steps, not a few steps, maybe 10 steps, it's another little gate and that go up to the courts where you cook at. So it happened right in front of there. So police rushed over there. No, he boogied, he got away. They saw me. They still, you got a problem? I am, I'm good, ain't I? I'm fell, I'm good. So they ain't really know nothing to happen. So I go sit on the other end of the yard. It's another hill where you used to skate, ski down with a with um, basketball court at. I sat down there. So uh, my old timer came to me and told me, yo, you hit. I didn't know I was hit. I thought he maybe stole on me. Cause you know, I'm upset. So old timer come tell me, yo, you hit. I had a white champion hood on. So you know, it's blood. So I'm like, all right. Stood there. Um, now remind you, we comrades, we peoples. So my gun is on a court. Remember, all this is internal. So um, they sent a few missiles at me, people, nondescript people, people that's no, that 
that's not them. So of course they never approached me. They walked by me, start. Um, an individual named S came here. I never really got a chance to meet him in person, but he was in the yard that day. Big S, he had just pulled up in, in Clinton. And he's cool with money. So when I got cut, money cried. Um, I'm not gonna call him soft. He cried because, um, I understood this back then. He cried because he see me as a family member. He cried because he know his worth. And um, he was working on his appeal at the time and getting to the bag. So he knew that was would have disrupted stuff on a large scale. Mm. So he just called my aunt for me, he called my grandparents for me, and let them know what happened. So, um, once S told, he didn't give an order, but S let, let them know, like, listen, the little nigga ain't gonna do nothing, he official. Yo, Nate, if you ain't gonna give him a gun, gun, go down there, gun to gun, leave him alone. So long story short, I survived in the yard to nine o'clock. Um, once I went back, you know, the authorities already knew and I went to IPC. When I went to IPC, of course, um, next day, shout out to the Conrad Carlos. He came out, he hit Rambo. A few, uh, two more incidents happened and the jail shut down. When the jail shut down, it was a PK draft. My Conrad, Terrence Rice, the one I said is money, he went to Auburn. Now, I have a big homie from my block that I look up to. His name is Eric Stevens, Terminator. Bodyguard Big Daddy Kane. I always had correspondence with him. When I was in prison, we allowed to write five people. You allowed to write five people in prison. You got to leave the envelope open. So, you know, the counselors and all that, they may read it or whatever. Uh -uh. Now, like I said, money like my family. Money always was popular and he always got to the bag. He grew up with Mike Tyson and Jesus. Like I say, his name ain't money for nothing. At one point, my man Ian, my man Terminator wasn't making money like money, but he was always a gangster and popular. Money used to come on my art block, which is E block in the court building. So like I said, from the streets, I can feel right now I'm a adult, I can say it was some jealousy. I personally feel, I can't say it was a fact, but I know this much. Money got into an incident in um, Attica mm -hmm. in um, 92. 92, yeah, 92, because he came to Clinton from there with an OG named Nils. Um, I'm quite sure y'all probably heard the name Nils before. Nils got a brother named Hicks and a brother named Igard. When they blew trial in 87, they blew the judges. Um, they're gangsters, you know, they're notorious. Money got in an incident with Nils in, in Attica, and he got cut straight down here. Um, nothing happened that, that day. Nothing happened. So since nothing happened that day, um, a large population of the cream of the crop of prison, the people that move the, the people that really move the prisons, the real shakers, a lot of them didn't respect money anymore. And my comrade E, God bless the dead, was one of them. But um, I always advocated for him, and I always let him know like I wouldn't have nothing right now if it wasn't for money. My family wasn't sending me shit. Money took care of me. Financially, he took care of me. Um, so when I got hit and money cried and didn't do nothing, my man's held a personal grudge. Now, um, we're going to go back to this. Um, stuff that's out of my control or out of my era. You know, I'm younger, but I was in the streets already. Um, a large incident happened around my area. Um, I'm from Prospect. I went to school in 55 and 271. 
Um, I'm from down the hill, but like I said, I went to school up the hill. My family lived up the hill. So, of course, I know who the small bunch is. Donnie Smallwood, the wild bunch. I know who they is. Mm-hmm. Um, let me interject with this. Um, I went to school out here. Big Daddy's, um, next to the, the pizza store in Jamaica Avenue. That's my ATD school, because I got kicked out of the schools in Brooklyn. I was bad. I got kicked out of boys and girls, the old boys and girls, for having guns. I went to school out here. And by going to school out here, and by being in DFY, um, I respect it, and I know the history. A fat cat in all of them. So I had the honor and the privilege of reading Cop Shot. And lo and behold, people from my area was in Cop Shot, which is the Wild Bunch, which is Nuke. Um, so I was always familiar with them. So now, fast forward, like I say, when my comrade, he had a life sentence, Terminator. He got a reversal. He went down, came back up. Got in an incident in, I believe, Mid-Orange or Otisville, one or the other. They in the same hub with a Spanish brother. Um, he went to Southport, wound up in Elmira, and then wound up in Auburn. But let me back up for a minute. When I was speaking about Cop Shot, when I spoke about the Wild Bunch and all that, um, it was another OG from around my way. Like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of my league at the time. Remember, I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm not on a level. I ain't gonna, I can never pump fake. Um, Quarterfield allegedly um, allegedly kidnapped, kidnapped. Um, Donnie Smallwood nephew, a son, which was my age. Mm-hmm. Um, and allegedly, one of my big homies, David Coley, Mac from my building, allegedly participated in it. I remember when um, Stink from 430 shot Mac in the ass. Mac used to be a church boy. He nothing like Terminator. But once he got shot in the ass, he changed quickly. Um, his gun started going off. So I remember when he got incarcerated, um, of course he had a rough, or he had a little rough. Him and Aunt Malik got it on in the island. Him and Nuke got it on. But my man Terminator was a jail nigga like me. This wasn't his first bid. He was already in jail already prior to that. Now also to my uh, understanding, Due to him prior being a prior bid and due to my recent conversation with Nuke and with a few other people, I came to understand and know that when Conrad came home on his first bid, I guess because his, you know, he was respected in the neighborhood and because of who he was, um, Nuke took him shopping. He embraced him. Um, I remember when the 73rd Precinct was first made, the new one, not the one inside Howard Projects. Um, that was one of the contracts that Nuke had before he got incarcerated. Um... So, once, um, like I said, that incident happened. Mac went to prison. My comrade went to prison. Now, when my comrade first came to prison, of course, they had static. It was going on. He hit Malik, which his aunt, my comrade, terminated him. Malik, that was on our show. Malik, that say that he's Nuke brother, which Mm. he's not Nuke brother. He's Nuke co-defendant and his crimey. They grew up together. He hit Malik with the bleach and cut him. Yeah, he hit Malik. Um, okay. Malik didn't want in his sing sing. He folded like a beach chair. No, I'm saying it. I talked to Nuke already. I'm saying it. This is what this platform is for, and I'm saying it in the most respectful sense. Now we're gonna go on. Can we um, be respectful telling these stories? I am respectful. That All is right. respectful. Folded like a beach chair. All right. That's extremely respectful. They don't want me to tell the real truth, and I spoke to them. I'm not gonna tell the real truth. That's the most respectful way I can say it, and I respect your platform to the to the utmost. Okay. Yeah. 
and I play with black and white. So if they want me to say the other thing, I will say that. But I don't know. I want to be professional. Talking about we talking about Malik here. We talking about Malik. We talking about Nuke. We talking about the whole situation. The past make the present, the present make the future. We ain't gonna play games and deal with one thing. Malik is a piece of the puzzle. The real puzzle is Nuke. Nuke is the real puzzle. Okay. All right then. That's a co-defendant. He's he's um Robin, and that's Batman. It's a difference. Like Mace and, and Puff Daddy. Got it. You understand, you agree with that, don't I you? I agree with that. All right, brother. I know I see, I said this thing before. I really don't like gangsters like and hard people that much no more. Like Stacy's my OG, like so be, like that's the big homie. Mm -hmm. But um I like people like you more now. Like people that's extremely mad intelligent and street savvy. You also stated just now to pick up back up that we don't want you to get the black and white. You want to be as respectful. You already spoke about it. You said Nuke is Batman, Malik is Robin. Now, I don't know. What I heard is that Nuke is older. Oh, the mo older and the most popular. Let's put it like that. He the older and the most popular. Okay. I, I wasn't around back in the days. I know I wasn't around back then to, to verify, confirm or deny, but I do know a lot of people do know Nuke. Yes. People know Malik as well, but people know Nuke. That's where I'll keep it at. Okay? And you also stated that there was a situation he didn't want any smoke. There was a situation that happened. You said he folded like a beach chair. Yes, emphasis said, added. Now, um, <laughs> Yo. with me conversing with the OG Nuke, I don't know why you're laughing. It's not amusing. People died over this, man. Uh, people did now, die. Now, now, no, but no, your ter your terminology. My terminology is accepted. I talk to Nuke like this. Your terminology. So why would I talk to you any other way? You're not supposed to, but your terminology makes me smile. I get it from you. Continue. <laughs> I like you, kid. Right? Um, Malik informed me that um, there's an OG I always brag about named Born True. He owned Black Caesar Management. Mm -hmm. um, he spoke to Born True, and um, when my when Terminator was in Sing Sing, I was in Clinton, like 92. And Born True informed him that it was dead. All that shit is dead. So, Nuke informed me that when the Conrad Ice ran into him in Comstock in 92, they got into an incident. I know Ice tried to, um, whatever you want, they, they fought. They both went to Key Lock. Um, they both came out of Key Lock. They both got into an altercation again. Ice came to Southport, I believe like five years. Um, I'm going to fast forward to about, that was 92. I'm going to fast forward to about 95. I spoke to one of my peers from my building, me, my age. He fell at Auburn with Nuke. So, you know, the buildings is rivalries. So, no, um, it's about 93, 94. So when he fell in there, he approached Nuke, let Nuke know who he was. And um, Nuke informed him the same thing. Now, that individual happened to be Born true nephew, the um, OG dude that told him a few years before that. I spoke to everybody, y'all. All that shit is dead. Um, he spoke to Dahu and he informed Dahu of, of in some the same thing. You know what I mean? He offered Dahu if you want to come in, you, you know, you want to shake out, you need to be an entrepreneur inside the facility or whatever you need to do, or athletically or whatever, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. It's open to you. Um, he humbly denied, I mean, you know, declined. Um, once 95 came, like I said, 
when um, the thing happened with me, the end of 94. It was like November or something like that. I went home March 3rd, 1995 for the box. It happened like September, October when I got hit. It was cold. Um, once Western Car fell in Auburn, it was different. Now, when my when Terminator ran, um, fell in the spot, to my understanding, of course the same thing came up again. Do we have an issue? Do we got to shake out, et cetera, et cetera. Nuke let him, let him know again. No, that shit ain't about nothing. This supposed to have been dead from way back from what um, Born True said we're using Sing Sing. Got into the incident with Ice. Now, I told him personally myself, um, Ice is the car rap, but he untamable. Meaning that he hot-headed. And I don't think only a certain amount of people he really respect or you can rationalize with him to get him to understand and not to do so-and-so, so-and-so. Nuke believe that the Conrad sent him. Nah, Ice do that off of impulse, like anybody supposed to do, because if that's your Conrad and your enemy falling, your enemy is my enemy. I don't gotta wait for a kite. I shouldn't have to wait for a kite. This is when Nuke got cut. Yes. Okay. This is when the Conrad did the five years. So, if you wanna read between the lines, but we gonna leave that there. Right, now turn around, right? Um. Nuke went to court. Now, um, like I say, um, um, Terminator, Eric Stevens, the Conrad, pulled up. Nuke said he offered him, me casa, si casa. I'm working good on my case. I'm trying to get to the town. You going home, we get home. Um, if you do have a problem with me, we can shake out or we can resolve it now. If not, you know, I don't want no problems. So allegedly it was confirmed that everything's over with. Now, like I told you, we got to go back to Terrence Rice. That's money. Money was there when I got hit. When Nuke went to court, remember Nuke and Money is comrades. They friends. Nuke sincerely loved money and vice versa. Nuke let him hold the Cuban. Now, this is a Cuban you wear in the streets. Like, I believe about the same size he got on now. Maybe, maybe might, might have been bigger. But he got a Cuban like my, my co-defendant Ralph used to wear, Cuban with a lock. Um, the Conrad Brandon, Conrad Terminator, they robbed money. Now, I can't say this is a fact because um, I didn't get this information from my man E. But from people that was in the facility, allegedly this is what happened. Money was setting my Conrad E out. Um, most people see it as friendly extortion, right? But when um, Rome pulled up, Rome is an OG from Bushwick, another individual that sincerely loves money. Most people don't like money. They deal with him because of the materialistic stuff he get and because of the popularity of who he is. So when Rome pulled up, money allegedly told Ian, I'm like, yo, I can't hit y'all no more. I can't carry y'all no more, the con right here. And they, that didn't sit well with them. You feel what I'm saying? So they plotted, they schemed, and they booked them. For Nuke's chain. For Nuke's chain. When Nuke came back, mm -hmm. Nuke wanted his chain back. Of course, like anybody would. Yo, we get that back. Uh, Nuke told me himself, so I can't say allegedly, he told me mm -hmm. that A7 might give you the chain back. That's true. If you want the chain back, tell him to buy you another one. Nuke told me out of his own mouth, since all the time he did in jail, 
since all the alleged cases that he was charged with, right? He was tired of black on black crime, tired on the black and black stuff. He's working on his case. He won his freedom. He offered E when he came here to stuff his squash. If you want to shake out, you want to shake out. He left it as that. Now, let me back up real quick for I can clarify something. When I was younger, when I was in Clinton with money, when I got hit, and it was a, a few other incidents before that, Bush, Derek Hamilton, Top, um, and other people like that that was in Clinton with us, they used to always say money was pussy. He didn't see that. I talked to money a lot. Money wasn't pussy. Um, he just knew when to chose his battles. Now, he taught me this. I can say it now, it's mad years later. Money used to come up to visit with, let's say, maybe an O, a bug. That O is only for the facility, that O is for me. Not me, like I'm a gangster member, I'm his little man. He giving me the O for me and my little man to eat for the whole weekend in the yard. And he, whoever pull up in the facility that needs something, one of his peers, he sent them to me to get. I'm talking about food-wise and all that. So all the stuff I got, he might, yo, send a message to me, yo, my man pulled up here in so-and-so cell, give him a bag of, uh, and you know, I'm going to follow protocol. But that pound of bud, that O, that O ain't nothing. He might come back with 10 grizzies. 10 grizzies is 10,000. So you might have somebody like, I'm not even going to say no names. I ain't going to start nothing. But you might have somebody that want to approach money. Yo, boy, we get right, uh, they might go back to their peers. Yeah, that nigga set it out. He know what it is. But guess what? He probably gave him three jail bags of weed. That's like a nickel in the streets. Five dollars. And he just made ten thousand. Who's stupid? Now, when I was young, I still used to be like, man, fuck that shit. I'm going to the yard. Fuck that shit. But as I got older and as I got more mature, I can look back now and say, I know he not pussy. And he done put in work since then. So I said that to say this. When I was talking about Nuke just now, when Nuke um, chose to let it slide, that don't make him pussy. So I want to clarify that. That don't make him pussy. Now, to my understanding, he, he clarified, and other people told me, when the incident first happened, like he said, when he came back, when he asked for his chain back, he didn't push nothing. He didn't want to push nothing. But I guess through ignorance, through ignorance, through him being who he who he is, because you know he's somebody. My man terminated being somebody, but the dis dissatisfied or the opposite people in the population wasn't rooting for Nuke no more. Let me back up. It was Nuke facility when my man E pulled up. That's true. I heard that. No, it's it's a fact. He was there first. He get the bag. He's athletic. It was his facility. He could have took matters in his own hand and took control of the situation from day one. But he didn't. And he told me to my face that he didn't because, one, Born True said it was dead. Two, he's working on his case. And three, he's tired of being on the opposite end of the accusations of black-on-black -black crime. Facts, I heard this. Now... The other peers in the um, facility, the other gangsters in the facility that's of equal stature of them two, wasn't riding for Nuke. It was counting them out. 
But he said he still didn't care. Like, I guess, no, he's too old to fall victim to peer pressure. Therefore, um, heard an old-timer, a Spanish old-timer, gave him a jump off for his own protection. He couldn't get to his other, he couldn't get to his weapon itself. He said he got his gun. He went to program. He stood in his cell for five days. 13. 13? 13 days. 13 days. Um, he, he, I believe him. He looked at me in my face as a man and told me he didn't want to do nothing. They gave him a gun. He went to his program. You got to go to your program or you're going to go to Key Lock forever. Anybody that's been in prison know that. He went to his program. My comrade pulled up at his program, which was the gym. Try to bleach him, and Hawk spit in his face. So I don't know any man whatsoever that could take any one of them. When we gonna back up for a minute? Um, Nuke um, told me this to my face. Um, he said it on a live recording with you. Yes. Um, when y'all were speaking about the issue with Abu's sister Tish, Tish. Yes. The comrade, um, cousin that um, Nuke ran into around the comrade way and Dean at a uh, cookout. Yes. Um, damn, it's just sound ignorantic, man, but I felt kind of good. Um, I really wanted to come up here because I don't care if you dead or alive. If you my friend, you my comrade, I'm gonna represent you to the end. I'm sincere. Um, I didn't like the light that my comrade was held in the first two interviews. I didn't, I didn't feel it was, he was held in the correct way. The second time when Nuke had the conversation with you, I can digest that. I can go with that. That's can leave me content, even if I'm not happy. It's enough. And I advocated that to my comrade's family already. And this is what Nuke pointed out in your interview. This is what he pointed out to me personally. This is what I'm going to point out to E family and to the listeners. I came up here in the beginning with the sole purpose to show that my comrade was a gangster or he was a G, but he also was the aggressor. But with him being a G, his name was Terminator, like Nuke said. He was never soft. Now we all know, due to popular demand, due to Cop Shot and other publications and things like that, we know um, some of the things that Nuke was alleged, uh, 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 alleged of doing or some of the things he was accused of doing. But E was of equal stature. And when I say, like, he he got busy, man. But um, sometimes when you force something or sometimes when you on the um, opposite end, mm-hmm. that's how, how, how the game goes. You end up on the, on the wrong side of the stick. Like, you lost. Mm. Not saying that you're supposed to lose, but that's how – is it gonna be? It's gonna be him, or it's gonna be him, mm-hmm. and he got the short end of the stick. Maybe if he wasn't going so hard, perhaps that wouldn't have been the case. Um, I feel responsible, or I feel partly responsible, because of this incident that happened with me and Clinton with money. When I first came home, I was a fake, fake ass rapper from day one, from my first bid. Money was my financer from prison. He was financing me from prison. Um, I was mad at him for a long time. When I went back for my second bid, 
that's when I found out everything happened over him. I went to the funeral. I know Nuke killed E, but I was always assuming it derived from the stuff from the streets. Can I say something real quick? So, real, real quick, they, Nuke got the best of E in that exchange. Yes, 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 yes. He, he got the best. Yeah. They both went the gun. Yeah, to yeah, gun. went the gun. Yeah, I Nuke, heard Nuke he got, got the best in addition to, I believe, like Conrad Duke and a few other people that was in the facility. Um, most people that was there believe if um, if they wouldn't have left E under the bleachers, he may have would have lived. He wouldn't have bled to death. But, um, you know, we, we can't expect Nuke to do that because, you know, he got to try to get away. But if somebody else, I guess, because I think they wouldn't, they didn't find him until after the count or something like that. Yeah, I heard. So, but um, I'm not going to front. And I told my pit, I told my comrade, Nuke told me to my face, he didn't want to kill. No, he didn't want to do that. But emphasis added, he wanted to paralyze him. And he stated that he wanted to paralyze him because he is dangerous, like he's dangerous. And he he older, and just like me or the average warrior would think, I ain't got no time to be dancing with you, doing this, that, and the third. If I said, I humbly raise the white flag, I don't want no drama, and you still trans transcend against me, then it's only right you got to do what you got to do. Because he was going home two months from then. Yes, he had 25 to life, and it was cut down to a 4 to 12, and he had that time in. Yes. So that's like the worst-case scenario. He could have just went home. Yeah. Um, A lot of his family... Uh, baby moms, uh, people send me messages. My assistant read them, and they were kind of upset because they felt that I shined a light on Nuke. No, um, and, and, and allow me to to express this because I definitely want to say I spoke to my team, I spoke to my moms, and I can't tell anybody how to feel about losing a family member. Um, and it's unfortunate that Terminator had to lose his life. Um, when I speak to Nuke, or Nuke is a friend of mine. And I call him a friend because of the passion and, you know, what we talk about. And I see the passion. I see the the, the the regret, you know, for having to go that far because they did kidnap his brother. The beef was supposed to be squashed, you know what I mean? And because the people that kidnapped his brother, that's who E was 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 cool with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Conrad's. Yeah, Conrad's. And when Nuke talked to me about it, we talked private. Before it ever got public, before the lady approached him at the barbecue, you know, he told me private. And then somebody sent me a long message that was there and said, yo, we didn't know Terminator was going to do that to money. Money is a I got a long message in my DM. No, money's a beautiful person. Yeah. We didn't know he's going to do that. Terminator is a guy that acts on his own. We didn't know Terminator was going to do that. We was all together. Termin and then, you know, they, the people did count Nuke out. Nuke was in there. And the thing is to the family is that they wrote me, and I, I do feel bad because I spoke to my mom about it. I spoke to my family about it. And it's like, I feel bad because somebody lost their lives, but it's like, it's no buts. Somebody lost their life. You can't tell them how to feel. At the same time, I think that when Nuke say you guys act like he was a saint, I can understand what Nuke is saying because he terminated lost his life, and but it's like Nuke is some type of big bad wolf. That's how the image is portrayed to him before. That's what I heard about him even from, from jail dudes. I, I understand that in totality. Mm -hmm. And I explained that to my comrade Shitty, his brother Sean. Mm -hmm. I explained it to Kai. And I'm a mature adult now. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting here, and I hate to admit it, but like I explained earlier, yeah, that part made me proud. And that's, that's, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. But that part made me proud. All I really wanted was my man to be respected like a G. Understood. Now, he is respected like a G. But if I put my intelligent cap on, which I've been using lately, that's the only way I'm able to survive. 
It was really wrong to do. He had two months to go home. Uh, uh, um, nobody never in life can say Nuka soft. It's impossible for you to say a person of his history or the allegations that they allege that he done did for him to be soft and make it this far in life. Understood. Now, I'm not saying you tough with everybody. He not soft. Never, might not never. You feel what I'm saying? So for a person to push that, you got to be ready to go the distance. Understood. And like I said, I converse with him face to face. So besides, yeah, besides my personal life or my personal, you know, my chronicles and the things of that nature, mm-hmm. that was the main reason why I wanted to come up here to Understood. this platform to to say that to put shed light on Terminator E and and put some respect on his name. No, I didn't have to come up here to do that because me by y'all phone conversation, I feel y'all phone conversation done that. Yes. It done that. I, no, yeah. it's not a feeling. Let me rephrase that. You, you and his phone conversation done that. I listened to it about five times, and he done it when we spoke personally. Mm-hmm. But when we spoke, he added something new. He added this, and he had water in his eyes when he said this. He emphasized once again that he wanted to. The paralyzed E in a good way, not, not 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 in a menacing way, because he felt that he was a threat to him as well. He really didn't want to hurt him. Mm-hmm. But like you what you just now said, he said they act like he was a saint. He used that word saint. They act like he was a saint. How many people did he allegedly murder or hurt? How do they families feel? When he told me that in two eighty four Park, when he told me that in Browns, I'm like this, saying to myself, like, I witness him put in pain before. I heard he was official. Yeah. When I say, yo, listen, man, like, I, I don't like nobody. I don't big up nobody. Like, he was a problem. I heard that. Now, like I said again, that made me feel good, but Nuke looked me in my eyes. The whole time we talking anyway, he talked to me like a man, like, like you mm-hmm. talked to me. But his eyes was glossy, and I could tell he was getting emotional. He said he don't want the youth to go through the same stuff that we went through. He said one of the reasons why he was squashing the beat with him, because they from, we from the same area. He said when he came home, he told me to my face, I took him shopping. When I was working in the 73rd precinct, when that was getting built, I came out and gave him a job. I knew he was official. We from the same place. I don't want that type of stuff to happen no more. So, I know, or I feel rather, mm-hmm. from your dialogue and from mm-hmm. this dialogue now, mm-hmm. he didn't make the dialogue or he didn't talk about the incident with Terminator to glorify it to um, put himself on a higher pedestal to make Callie, which is my friend, which is Terminator's sister, or Tish, or Chiron, mm-hmm. or Sean, which is his siblings, mm-hmm. to feel any type of way. He mm-hmm. done it to set an example, to speak about it, to get out there in the open, and now, since we conversed, and now since I'm on this public platform, mm-hmm. his remedy wanna be for we can create some type of program for 1212, which is Brownsville, for our geographical area, for the kids can be diverted and won't go through the same stuff we went through now. You know what makes that so beautiful? Akil Samuels, I used to do volunteer work for about a year ago. I got um, 530,000 allocated to NYCHA. 230,000 went to my, my complex where I resign now, which is Van Dyke Housing for the Boilers. She's my age bracket. Me and I went to 55 together. But one of her brothers that deceased is um, one of Nuke's little mans or his comrades. That's who Nuke worked with. Um, since the first day that I approached Nuke in the Browns uh, 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 old timers day when the shooting started, yeah, 
my comrade, uh, Mo Dog, Mano Coda finish. Shout out Mo Dog. Um, he worked for SOS, him and PI, uh, saving our streets. My other peers, my other friends and comrades, Killer, KI, Rumble, they work for GMAC. Um, it's crazy calling me right now. That's crazy. Right? They work for GMAC. So what came out of everything was this, $8 million. And I conversed with Nuke to his face when we did it, 80, 284 Park, 184 Park. $8 million got articulated to our geographical area to deal with the violence and the academics of Brownsville. Mm. I did the research. I lived there. Um, Brownsville economically is the poorest place. Mm -hmm. Statistically, we haven't cleared, they haven't cleaned our crime rate up yet. Mm -hmm. um, so with all this being said and all this being done, hopefully me and Nuke can bend together, become part of the same network system, the same cause, mm -hmm. and do the right thing for our community. Can I, can I say something real quick? And I, and I want to apologize to personally, because I'm, I'm going to put this clip out tomorrow, this first clip out. I want to apologize to Terminator's family if they felt that we were trying to shed light or trying to make, um, because when Nuke first came on the show, he didn't, the first thing, he didn't really elaborate on it. And then I did, I heard about him. I heard about what happened. He didn't tell me. Then I did the interrogation room. Then I pulled it out of him. He, no, 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 I watched then, it. You, you know, so I want to apologize to his family because I got a lot of messages and it's no way or shape or form that I'm trying to disrespect the dead Terminator. I just happened to build a rapport with Nuke and we have a rapport. The thing is, my opinion is Nuke is trying to change and leave that behind him. You know, he wants to have a dialogue with the family and that may never happen. You know, he wants to try to bring peace to the situation. He He's willing to take whatever it is he has to take or hear instead of not be attacked physically, but hear and stuff like that to move on and even but, put um, something in the name. I of, pointed you know. out to my peoples the yeah. same thing he pointed out to me. Mm -hmm. He's human. Yeah. He's a warrior. Yeah. Um, that's like everybody else. So if he keep feeling uncomfortable mm. or keep getting accusations, sometimes you'd be forced to react. Um, like he suggested, um, or rather the way, yeah, he suggested it inside the phone conversation. That's true. Which is accurate, which makes sense. I'm a jail nigga. Um, it don't take much to pick up a phone. Mm -hmm. It don't take much, maybe $100, maybe 1000 don't take nothing for me to get word inside to do something to somebody inside. Right. If I really, or if a person really wanted to keep something going, or, Excuse me, if you really want something going on, the opposite side got to move strategically. So therefore, you won't do no outbursts, you won't do all this stuff, knowing that, nigga, you got to get out of jail. I ain't going to say nigga, but you got to be released. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what's waiting on the other side of that door. So it's different variables. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to use wise. You got to move wisely. Mm -hmm. And for every gun, I hate to say it, and like I always say, I got an ego. I'm going to ride for my comrades. But if I got a gun and you got a gun, he got a gun. For every gun, there's always another gun. Yeah. If 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 one if you got a casualty on your side, it can always be another casualty on my side. So what you gonna do? Keep it going, mm. or you gonna break the cycle? Um. For a long time, I watched y'all show for a real long time. Like 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 yeah, you're funny in a good way, not not mm. not in a clown way. Right. Um. I believe I watched. I think it was the Latin Kings. I forgot which one. The one with the big beard. Yeah. I believe one of them asked one day, um, 
what's the purpose of the content? Mm. Right? Um, like I stated before, I've never been a gang member. Not to look down on nobody, but I came from a fucked up family upbringing. So I already knew I don't like titles. I don't need nobody to tell me, nah. If I feel you, I feel you. But I want to add this. I've been incarcerated like all my life. In DFY, when I first started coming to jail, Brooklyn ran everything. You can say Brooklyn was blood. And I didn't run with Brooklyn. I ran with whoever ran with me. Whoever was cool with me. I had mad cool dudes. When I was in trial, most of my friends wasn't from Brooklyn. They was from Long Island and upstate and all that. I met them there. They didn't never hear about me from New York, from New York City. Right. I didn't care about them other dudes that heard about me. I already know y'all is. I don't care. I want to meet them. They more, you know, they teach me different stuff. So I said all that to say, even when I went to Rackers Island, most of my peers, they never went to a Latin house. The things that the gang members talk about now, the OGs talk about, like Stacy and all of them, I've never been oppressed a day in my motherfucking life. A Puerto Rican never did nothing to me. Mm. I ain't never been oppressed. I was in Fort Maine in 1990 and 1991. Fort Maine was a Latino house. Jimmy Lee, Flacco, all of them. Everybody that was there, no. I ran the house. I went in and took the phones. Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I went to Two Upper. That's where Todd Guns was at with me. Frank White, the big homie Frank White, Todd Guns, Ewok, Science, all of them was in Two Upper with me. That's an uptown house. I went up there and took the phone. I'm going to be the same everywhere I go. I might lose. I might die doing it. But that's the way I was. Now, I understand the dynamics that if we all in this room, Y'all all leave for whatever reason. I stay here. And three new people come in the room. I'm more popular to the th- than the three new people. Mm. I know my way around the studio more. So I confront more. I learned that from Rackers Island, from DFY, and especially the shit carry with me to Department of Corrections. I know how my peers did me while I was growing up. How they mislead me. Some of my peers is foul motherfuckers. So... I'm not going to go outside of that and go somewhere else and do the same thing. So when everybody sit here, like, uh, let me say something. The brother texted me and was like, yo, um, I heard you was, um, my man Moosey always called me this, Ruby Red. What up, Ruby Red? Ruby Red. That's an OG for the Bronx. Oh, I hear good stuff about the brother all the time. But I get offended because, one, I'm a lowlife, and I'm proud of it. I'm going to die that. And two, I asked the brother to do research on me. Like I explained before, um, once upon a time, I couldn't read or write. When in 92, when I first went to Southport, I attempted to be on the gate with Lion. The old time he did like 27 in Indio. I ain't know nothing the fuck I was talking about. So Indio locked out, pulled up on me, and informed me like, yo, man, you know, you got to, uh, so I let him know personally, like, yo, I can't read or uh, so, all right, boy, you got to step your shit up. You can't be getting on the gate with that shit. You're going to be beefing with the old timers. You don't know how nobody look. You're going to go to another jail. You go, you get your face blown off. So I took heed. So ever since then, I'm nosy. I'm going to be informed. I'm going to know everything. I want to know everything. Before I get into a situation with somebody, I want to know much as I want to know about my opponent. And I'm not doing that because I'm soft. I'm not doing that. I'm doing that because I come to understand the more information you have, the better decisions you make. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? And um, he followed me. You see what my so-called friends did to me. 
When I say that, I mean my low life page. They put a fake Rudy Lowe on my spot. You understand what I'm saying? X me out of history. Mm-hmm. So I know they did that to me. I know my own family left me for dead. So why am I going to meet somebody new? But when I, if I do meet somebody new, you could be white. I don't give a fuck. You could be white from out of town. If I feel your energy, boomerang. That's the way it go. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing because I fight my own fights and I do everything myself. I get my own money. I got my own materialistic stuff. So take it from there. Yo, so take us um <laughs> take us through the time where, you know, like uh what made you transition to, to try to get more focus on getting out of jail and that whole mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like when you started to kinda like I guess calm down a little bit maybe and then um you started to, you know, educate um, yourself and, and you know um, um um my second bid when I came home when I said the time money was looking out for me, I made a video then. I had a um a prior contract with Ralph Lauren. I was about to release a closing line with Ralph Lauren. Mm. Um, if the deal was, if I would have got a major contract, and I was almost had a major contract, I would have got a major recording contract. He was gonna give me an endorsement deal. All the clothes is out now. The retro clothes. That's why I'd be mad. That was what I proposed back then, from 1986 to 1992, to come out with a revised symbols when we was younger and put two L's on the bottom, meaning love and loyalty or lowlifes. Love and loyalty towards Ralph Lauren Company. Um, I went back to prison. That's when I said um, my co-defendant Edward Jones testified on me. I received life in prison. Now, when I first went to prison, three of my peers, I'm not going to speak about the other two. I'm going to speak about one of them, my co-defendant. He was my co-defendant on a case where I had life. It took 33 watches. My history runs deep. 33 watches, Rolexes at one time. They had 11 apiece. He left me in prison for debt. He didn't give me no bail money, give me no lawyer money, no nothing. Mm. Um, I wound up blowing trial. Like I said, I got the 20 to life. But one of them, before I blew trial, it took eight months for me to fight my sentence. Because like I said, I was a discretionary persistent. So I was challenging my first prior sentence and my second sentence. If I could have proved my sentence was unconstitutional, they couldn't couldn't use that sentence to enhance present punishment. It took me about eight months to advocate for that, but I still lost. But in between the eight months, the third individual that, that hit the roly lick with them came to Rackers Island, came to C-73. Mm. I remember it was like a week before Thanksgiving. I was in prison, fucked up for robbing an iceberg store, and all I had was iceberg. Um, I was walking out of halls, just stressed out, and I saw him. Um, he tried to sign in the PC. First, I, I told him, "Yo, what up, man, Rudy?" Like he tried, like, like in the three building where the reception at, I mean where the clinic at. The new jacks come up there to go to the clinic to get you no know, medical cleared. I saw him like, "Oh shit, your boy, what up?" He act like he don't know me, so I'm like, "Little fat Rudolph." Man, first I said, "Low, no, that's my jail name, you're low." Yo, Rudy. So now I tell him, Rudolph, man, fat Rudolph from Prospect. Let's fuck back with him. You don't know me. Mm. So then my man, Shy, he's a jail nigga too. Dirty Shy from the Bronx is my man. Um, he worked the receiving room. So I was like, yo, listen, tell your boss that worked in the OC, you know what I mean, that I give him a crate, man. I want the dude in my house. I was in one up at the time with Chill Ali. Me, Chill Ali, um, my time, a few other people. T-73, right before um, the G-Unit dude came there, um, Tony Ayo. Right, so I tell him, um, he come. He, he didn't sign in the PC, but he went to MO House, mental health. Mm. But um, 
I had a forensic social worker on my case. She was from Queens, um, Belinda Lavi. A mitigating social worker. That's somebody that she was trying to get me the less time possible. I could have, my minimum sentence was 16 to life, my max was 25. Because of the report she put in, the judge didn't give me the minimum nor the max. He gave me in between, he gave me 20. Um, she worked in the C-73 on the weekends in mental health. Mm -hmm. So I convinced her to pull him up there. So he used to pull up, and I worked in a law library on the other side. And I'm, my fake name is Esquire. I'm a fake lawyer, Jow's lawyer. So I used to pull him to the library. So I squeezed the watch out of his faggot ass. Well, you can't say that word. All right, sorry. I squeezed the watch out of his soft self. So when I got the watch, um, I wound up obtaining um, 32 grams of hard, um, raw, with 32 grams of um, cure morphine. So I was able to take that upstate with me. I shook out for a long time. It lasted me over a year and some chains mm. from Rackers Island on the Sing Sing. Um, badly, it, it pacified me because I was ignorant again. That's like the squeeze. I have materialistic stuff. Mm. I got the bag, I had all the weed, you know, you, know, you popular. Uh, my foul, my uh, foul BM, baby mother, she did the 100 yard dash. As soon as um, I went to go up top, uh, upstate, I had to go to box. Mm. You know, we all know Sing Sing's like an hour away. Her foul self, you only used to come on a visit and bring me the bag anyway. But I didn't really care because I really just wanted the bag. But when trailers came, she didn't come either. So anyhow, um, once that happened, from when I was on Rackers Island, I saw Victor Dan Seuss using my logo, that cookie. Before I got before I got incarcerated, arrested, it was understood that nobody was using my cookie without me knowing. Everybody still was going to network. If somebody, excuse me, if somebody scrank oil or scrank gold, we bring it to the table. We let each other know what it is. We take it from there. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm incarcerated, I'm still calling Rack every day. Me and, me and Vic had a, 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 no, an argument at that time. I'm calling Rack every day. I see it in, a, I believe, a Vive magazine. I spazzed out. Now, when I spazz out, Rack tell me, you worried about the wrong things. Worry about your freedom. Uh -huh. mm. I don't want to worry about none of that. The bad thing is I hit the books, and I wanted to come home so bad because I wanted to hurt one of them, and I wanted everybody to know who I was. It's, it's fucked up. I didn't want my freedom like the average person wanted their freedom. I wanted it for the wrong reasons, right. but it still motivated me, and that what drove me to hit the books and to come home. Now, on a small level, even before I started, um, had an education in the traditional sense, I noticed that I had a craft or I had a skill for debating. I noticed early on that I can listen, I can read body language, but I just had to get other things in order. Um, I knew from the guard body stuff and all that and from studying black history and things like that, that a lot of things was decoded a lot of things is put in books for us not to really see. Hmm. And because of an image, and I hate images, but because of an image, because of the way it looks, we usually be intimidated by it. I'm not intimidated by much. All I have to find out is the rules and regulations and whatever I'm dealing with. And once I find that out, and that's it, I go full throttle. Um, I say that to say that to say this. I never knew my mother, like I, like I said before. Mm. I always felt I was an art boy with my siblings, with my family and all that. I got my acceptance or I felt in place with my peers. 
with my immediate peers, like Boostin' Billy, one of the ones I always brag about and talk about that he's deceased. He felt the same way like I felt. We was each other family members. That was the stuff I wanted to get back to. I wanted to get out and be vindictive, right. which wasn't cool. But my getting my freedom didn't come easy. It didn't come quick, rather. It took me nine years and four months. If I would have came out quick, I probably would have went back quick. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have got in trouble. It took me nine years and four months because I was indiligent. The money I had when I first went there, I tricked on my baby mother and the rest of the bras. I had nothing. So when I got no more money, now I'm back to the books. But the whole time I'm in the books. The whole time I'm in the books. But because I was indiligent, I had to wait to get my transcript, transcribed minutes. Poor person claim. So it took a long while. But once I did get my reversal, it was different. It was different. Um, Giz, it was an individual that I know from the streets from Bushwick. My man Sterling Codefin named Giz got killed in Green Haven. And one of my mans from Queens from out here, I met because my case from out here, an older dude named Governor, D-Dog, I believe he's from 40 Projects. We went to trial together. Sit on my back and I'll lick your lap. That's his famous quote, not mine. He the wolf. Um, and the OG Lacey. Not the blood Nacy, the other boxer Nacy, the OG. Um, they was involved with a scandal in Greenhaven. Um, and the brother um, got deceased, brother got killed. Um, Governor was charged with it. Now, my first bit, I saw people get killed. My friend Sean got killed in Clinton. Of course, my, my Conrad got terminated, got killed, even though I was in the streets. But when Giz got killed, I was already older, and now I had a son. Hmm. My first bit, I never had no kids. And what I was explaining to one of my peers before, I have to interject, um, adults, when I came to prison, was different than adolescents. In adults, you couldn't live off reputation. If you came in energy money and um, let's say he your man from the town, he got the house, he might speak up for you one time or be able to speak up to you one time to me. After that, you got to rep on your own after that. Mm. And then once you rep on your own, you're on your own and you, know, you can shine. But adults is different. Adults, let's say if you get the bag, let's say if you a willy from the streets. First of all, we're gonna break it down like this for the adults. This is for the people that's educated. Out of 100%, 60% of people in adults is drug addicts. We're gonna say 70. They depended upon an outside, outside substance. Out of the other 70%, we're gonna say um, 20% of them is people that get money and got a family. And they old already, they seasoned. So when I say they seasoned, meaning that they know how much money they missing while they in prison. They know how much they family, their kids missing them while they in prison. And they know they self, or they know that I can't take but so much of these dirty niggas being around me or this or this person telling me when to urinate or when to defecate. So with that being said, they play their position until somebody come, you know, full throttle on them. Right. So I said 70 and I said 20. So that's 90, you got 10%. The other 10% may be, let's say, somebody that don't know you at all. They from another geographical area, so they never heard of you, G-Money, and they never heard of Queen Flip. But they see how you move. Y'all in the house, they like the way you move, so they fraternize, they fuck with you. That may be the other 10%. So I said that to say, if you get the bag in adults, 
if you somebody in adults, or sometimes even when you were troublemaking adults, you get away with certain stuff. Like I said in the beginning, I was a child before I could appreciate my freedom or have a or have a son or anything else. I thought that shit was I thought that was life. All I all I worried about was when I get back to the streets when I write one of my mans, nigga, I represent it. You can't say that nobody from around the way came here. I didn't hold them down. That's, that's all I cared about was props. Yeah. Now, in the Delts, all the big homies or some of the comrades that was up there before me. A lot of them speak about being oppressed by the Latinos. In, in New York City, C95 is for the addicts. So, most people in C95 is Latino. Undisputed. It's been like that all my life. So, common sense going to tell you, if you tell them, if you tell the officers, you got to, a drug problem, that's where you're going, number one. We all know that when you get arrested or remanded in court, they ask you, you have any drug problems? Uh, what you call that? Morphine, thorphine, whatever you call that thing. You go to to get the keep. So if you go to that building, you already know what it is. Or maybe the three building. But you had people that never in their life was oppressed. You'd never hear nobody like Nacy, say Fat Cat, Happy. Um, certain people you'll never hear them. Top from Brooklyn, um, Bush from Brooklyn, any one of the Bushes from Brooklyn, Fifty Cent, the real Fifty Cent. You never heard of none of them getting oppressed by no Latinos because they nutting. Now, I'm gonna ask something else. Most of the individuals up here is beyond fifty or close to 50, I'm 45. My birthday is January 8th, I'll be 46. In 1993, I was in Southport already, doing three years. I already blew police face off in 1991 on Rackers Island. I blew two adults in Kasaki. Oh yeah, let me go back. I'd never been in the box in Kasaki. I was so dangerous, they sent me straight to Southport. I had my hearing in Pine City, New York. You feel what I'm saying? And remind you, I was 19 then. I came home 21. Even though I was a jail at 25 on my second bid, I came to the streets at 21. That was my mentality. How do I pose look at somebody that turned a gang at 25? Do the math. How I pose look at somebody that joined a gang at 25? You wait to 25 to get reinforcements? That's not Rudolph. That's not me. My nuts hang. I wore jewelry. I bang like for real. Now, don't get me wrong. Robo Jess, God bless the dead. That's my comrade. I love Robo Jess. He was a gangster before that. Now, we know some real individuals and some gangsters still got part of the movement because the movement started for a good cause. But now, at this age, in this stage we at, the younger people... They don't understand the gang stuff the correct way or they don't take it on, in my environment, or the people that I know the correct way because some of their peers or some of their OGs don't set it the correct way. Mm. And I don't want to be talking that's to be talking. Like, I'm known all over the world already for stealing. So I don't need that much platforms for that. I got my own public platform for that. Mm. If I wanted to do more negative stuff, all I got to do is go on a meow. A meow is a mission, short for a mission when we go get money. Or I got a lot of information, I can start some chaos. 
I came up here and the purpose of my of my show and my platform in general, besides revenue, I'm not gonna lie because I don't have revenue, is to do something for the youth. Because mm. my life or situations like me and Nuke, mm. or my ter- or the Conrad, the fallen Conrad Terminator, right. all them situations could be living proof for the rest of the people who won't go through the same things. Yo, so what do you feel like you you and people like Nuke can, can do out here right now to help change the, the, the narrative of... I don't feel. I know. I will bet my life on it. Mm. With my intelligence, with his intelligence, with his popularity, if and when, because I'm not going to stop, and I know myself, when we get the financial backing, mm. long as he's still willing to do it, because I know I am, I'm going to do it. Right. We're going to do it. See, I have a problem with authority figures. Like, I'm really a fake judge lawyer. Like, people that know me, I argue with the Wartons. I argue with the judge. Like, I, like I, I'm on it. But I just don't really like everybody. And I don't like to be under the, the gauge of, like, black power and all that shit. Like, I don't like that propaganda because a lot of people that I know ran under that banner and misused it. The same way some people you run under the, the, the homie banner and misused it. Mm. But I just know what I want to do in my personal environment. And I know what I want to do for myself for, because I know like me, I was illiterate. One of my peers and my comrades, John Wayne, from my neighborhood from St. Mark's, he got locked up. He did about 16 years of killing a CEO that he didn't do. And when he went to jail, he couldn't read. He mm. couldn't write. But now he fully exonerated. He'd be on TV, be everywhere. He got a wrongfully convicted. He got a program now that he go to the kids and give out books and go all around doing that. That's the type of stuff that I have a passion for. Like my son and all of them, I just want to make sure that I'm doing it and getting the proper credit for it. I don't want to do it and somebody else get credit for it. Right, right. Get you. What's up? I know you got a lot, man. Spit it out, man. Uh, <laughs> you ain't going to end it like this. I, I you too controversy. Nah, I got no controversy, man. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, I think that you said a lot. And I think that you, you, the narrative and the image that you paint is dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really don't have anything to follow up as far as anything controversial. I did, before we signed out, you know, I did want to hear about the hip-hop police thing you were saying. I wanted to hear about that. And then uh, we I like out. you, man. I do like you. He cool? He all right. He he out of this world. Oh, see, he can't give you the cool dad. You all right, man. You, you right. read that book by Derek Parker, haven't you? I heard about it. I didn't no, read it. No, actually, did you read it? No. Wow. But I know who Derek Parker is. Came across him. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to inform the public. Derek Parker is the first hip-hop police. Yes, that's true. Derek Parker, the first precinct he ever worked in, was the 75th precinct on Sutter Avenue in Brooklyn. When he started working there, it was the mid-'80s. So who was out? The 18. Shout out to Drizz. Got Tony. I gotta say his name, Glaze. Shout out to Timbo. Shout out InfoMines, Glaze, Gibbs, the A Team. Um, inside the book, of course, he speak about them. That was the first place he speak about. I believe working in Seventy Ninth Precinct, Bad Style. Um, he speak about doing off, um, off the job, off the duty, mm-hmm. bodyguard work for like Heavy D and them. Mm-hmm. That's where he started out at. So once they started, a lot of things started happening in hip-hop, I guess, once Cop Shop happened, that era, Nuke era, and a whole bunch of other stuff, um, they started gathering intel and information. 
When they did that, they reached out to Derek Parker because um, he had the most experience. And he was moving up in the ranks in the police department. He was making a lot of collars. Um, I believe, if my memory served me correctly, he arrested K-Son. K-Son is an OG that a lot of um, people respect and they talk about from Sumner from over there. I believe he was accused of killing house from pink houses. Mm-hmm. Um, once he did that, once they gave him that title and that job, the commissioner, he ran with it. Now, um, cop shot, I mean, not cop shop, hip hop police, on the cover is Jam Master J, 50 Cent, Biggie, and Tupac. I don't know which one you want to go with, but I'm going to go with this chapter. Since I'm a shoplifter, you know, I boost. I'm proud. I'm a lowlife. I'm going to go with BGS. It's a chapter in the book called BGS, Brevoy G and Squad. It deals with all the activities that um, Fab, not him per se, but people, his entourage, because BGS was the first name before it was Street Fam. Now, I went to 271. Shout out to Quan, the boutique. Don Quan, he was in my class. We had one more pair from a pair from his from his project that weight was up. His name was Indian Boy. He was in Tryon with me too. Therefore, um, allegedly, according to the story, the same time I got the life, 98, 99, when Fab was calling himself Fabulous Sport, they went on a meow, allegedly to book these pictures, and um, Indian Boy smacked one of them for an iceberg shirt. According to the documents, they told Jerome Hartman, he, Jerome Hartman was the perpetrator that was smacked. So turn around, another individual, his co-defendant, allegedly, gave Jerome Hartman an automatic weapon and went on the roof and shot him. And they shot Indian boy and killed him. All that's in the chapter. What else in the chapter is Old Dirty Bastard when he got robbed and shot up in Brevoy. Also in the chapter is when, shout out to Gavin. Yeah, I know you're down there. Shout out, Gav. When Ingram, Foxy Brown, Crib was robbed when they knocked on the door. Oh, yeah. No rest in peace to Alan Matthew. You didn't go out right, Scar. You ain't good. When they knocked on the door, yeah, that's the dude that posed allegedly through the money in Puff face. They perpetrated and imitated him to get Ingram Foxy Brown door open. And people robbed that. They speak about them three incidents. Three, I'm going to speak about them three in that chapter. And a part of the thing about them three incidents was this. Allegedly, jury being sold in New Jersey over state lines. So guess what? Um, the state was going to arrest them for one thing, but the feds wanted them. So according to the chapter, the state fell back. But the feds could take them. The feds never took them. So a few years later, two individuals got charged with the body on the state level. And did a one to three. I ain't never hear that. But they did a one to three. Now, all this is in the chapter. All this is there. They have the police reports in there as well, part of the chapter, inside um, the same chapter. Now, Tut happened to be one of the big homies. It's a comrade. I got another comrade I did what Rudy O'Chronicles was with. He a lowlife, original, say cool. He taught Fabulous how to steal. Um, 
my friend Bo brought me up here, and I didn't want to come late. Most appointments, I go late. I forgot my folder. I got a, I ain't going to say a bum-ass folder, but I got a jail folder I carry. I'm a fake lawyer. I have my, my black and white in there, so I wanted to go back, but I already reached, changed since I was coming at 1030. Um, but inside that folder, the pictures, like I said before, evidence, approved. Um, the comrade, um, Say Cool did a state bid. No, two Fed bids. He was with um, Tut in the medium, in the medium in the camp. Tut gave him a letter. I got a copy of the letter, not the physical letter, but I, I took a picture of it. Say Cool still got the physical letter. If any of my peers, I'm paraphrasing. If any of my peers come across you or Fab, y'all get a pass on screen for me. I interpret that. And I see that, and I know that to mean this. According to his information, what he's saying is, people from that side ain't that good. They not that good. Now, Jerome Hartman got a cut on his face. He got the cut when he was in the feds. I've never been in the feds, but a few people that tell me, um, like a rat, snitch, they, they terminology is hot boy. He was a hot boy. But allegedly... It was a missile going at somebody, and one of the bloods took the plate. That Tut, Tut sent the missile to another Brooklyn dude that was a hot boy. He knew it was coming from the bloods, and he intercepted it, so he got scratched. Um, I was in my last bit incarcerated. I was in Livingston for bullshit. He was in Livingston with me. A lot of people from Queens, so anybody that was in Livingston with me, they familiar with the incident. Um, as soon as I pulled up, he was saying that because um, one of my little cousins was one of five shooters. He still is, you know? um, and he was trying to like really belittle him, tell the people on the walkway, like, yeah, that's my shooter. Uh, so, all right, yeah, 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 he is a shooter. He shoot for y'all, but he don't know you feel like that about him. But, yeah, K-Tone, Katano, shoot for y'all, all right. So I went and brought the book to the yard. And I let everybody read the book, read the chapter, and then he do what, say what you want to say. Um... I feel when I know it's my duty because my peers didn't do it. If I know somebody's a hot boy, I'm putting them on blast. F later for them. F a rap. Um, about two months ago, I came in contact with my code affinity again, when it gave me life. Um, I posted his, he had an interview in, in behind Armistead Ballroom on YouTube. So I posted it and I put my paperwork up there with it. His agreement for the state and the feds. I put it up there with it. You slide it to the side. You can see it. He ain't live, right? Now, um, he came across one of my other peers, and he tell him, oh, he's slandering in my lane. He's slandering in my lane. I'm not slandering in your name. It's the truth. And even today I heard it. Oh, they, oh, yeah, he said that paperwork ain't real. So I told him, I'm going on Queen Flip today, hopefully. I'm going to tell the public what I tell most people I come in contact with. I mentioned it earlier, and I'm going to reiterate it right now. My name is Rudolph, R-U-D-O-L-P-H. My last name is Bethia, B as in boy, E as in excellent, T as in Tom, H as in Harlem, E as in excellent, and A as in apple. FOIL is an acronym, Freedom of Information Act. Um, 
Law is when it's administrative process. When we go into the police department or the courts, you use A. You can go there, you can get my paperwork. When you get my paperwork, my paperwork going to picture that Edward Jones got a federal agreement and he testified against me on the state level. Now, in addition to, shout out to Ra, shout out to Shaka, shout out to the owners of 95 South. It's live. I always wanted to pull up and do that live recording, but since I've been on InfoMinds, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to do it. Um, Ra paid for a bag of lawyer. His name, his lawyer name is Frank Pujo. Um, Shaka is Ra's brother. Shout it out, Shaka. He came to the low light barbecue. Um, I went to 95 South. I conversed with him a lot. Bugsy. Bugsy helped make it happen. We're going to go live in 95 South because Edward Jones is from Washington, Bergen. But 95 South is on Franklin and Lincoln. That's his neighborhood. That's where I used to hang out at. That's where um, I got the life at. Now, in addition to Edward Jones being my co-defendant and being an original Junior Mafia member, he turned around and became Dipset as well in Bird Gang. My comrade Zuda just came home that was locked up. He was the pitcher on America's Most Wanted. Got a baby by Queen Pen. He just was released um, maybe about a month ago, three weeks ago he just was released. Um, that's who took care of Jim before he had a budget when he was with Cam and all of them. So back then Jim did the right thing and came back and went to Brooklyn on Lincoln and Franklin. And that's one of the first places that he was in Brooklyn. But remind you, I'm already in prison with the life. So because my co-defendant get money, he used to be best friends or he was a number two to nut from LG that got killed. Anybody from that era know. My co-defendant is known by Scooter, Tut. Anybody of any popularity from Brooklyn know my co-defendant. And they don't know him for being gangster. I'm going to keep it 100. They know him for taking money. Well, I mean, get, take money, but I still don't take away that you um, ate cheese, so you are despicable. Um, I could brag and boast, and I talk mad trash because the worst things I ever, worst things anybody can say about me, G Money, is I used to be fat and overweight. Mm. I stole all my life, and I was in jail half of my life. I beat everybody to the punch with that. Anybody that followed me know I brag about that already. I never had an F on my report card, never in my life. I never, where I come from, if I told on my cousin I got my ass whooped, mm. that's where I come from. So I didn't have to be 16 or 17 or 15 and know not to tell when the police come. And I took enough ass whoopings be, messing with Midtown. I got, I can't run, I'm fat. So a lot of times I got caught and stormed and people caught me and watched me. So I could take an ass whooping all day. I'm all day, and I don't consider myself no old, big, old, handsome nigga, so I was a fat nigga. I didn't give a fuck about getting cut or none of that. Unfortunately, I didn't. I got a lot of cuts on my arms and shit like that, but one of the main reasons why I wanted to come home, like I keep saying, is to be vindictive is fucked up because I was one of the people that was taken out for my peers. When I say that, meaning I, I got one of my peers that I cut two people for him. One in the streets that was our big homie that he was drunk playing around, I had to cut him. Another person in prison, I had to cut for him. And the person I cut in prison got beef with Hicks in them. And like I say, like I speak about them, they they like, to a lot of people, Hicks in them is, is more popular than Nuke in a different sense, more so on the jail sense, and more so, I guess, being ignorant or reacting more on impulse. Let's say that. 
Um, I think most people take Luka as being more calculated now. Like, you think about his decisions first, they react more to emotions and more impulse. Mm -hmm. But um, the person I cut got beef with them now because of a famous old-timer named Madge, Majesty. He'd be in all the old-time magazines. Majesty little brother got murdered, and they thanked the dude Damien did it. He in prison for it. Even though his say say he didn't do it, but you know they don't want to hear that. But long story short, he bringing the pain. The same way, like I said, um, Nate Lewis was. See, you got a lot of individuals, some people on your platform I saw, but I'm not going to speak on them. If me and you have an altercation, we have a fight, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, G Money's an ugly, bum-ass nigga because we had a fight. No, we had a fight. G-Money still get money, but we had a fight. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Most the average person is going to be like, man, fuck that nigga, that nigga pussy. Just because we have a fight, that don't make you pussy. Or just because we got problems, that don't mean you ugly or you don't get money. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's one of the reasons why when me and Nuke talked face-to-face, -face, I felt this energy, you heard? Because he kept the fallen Conrad in his proper perspective. I, like I said before, I'm going to reiterate it. The first two times I saw the first two interviews without the conference or the telephone call, I felt that's what he was trying to picture. And I can admit now some of my emotions was involved as well. You know, I feel as, you know, I'm human. So I misinterpreted that first. And two, I saw the phone conversation and then when I spoke to him. But when I spoke to him, energy is, listen, speaking to somebody face-to-face -face is a different dynamics than speaking on the phone, especially when you got a personal grudge or... You got a picture pre-painted already in your mind. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So when I did that with him, I felt the energy. It ain't too many people that's going to sit there and keep it 100. So that spoke volumes to me. So I said, I can't say that's concrete yet because time haven't passed yet. But it's definitely worth entertaining. And like I say, what else I got to lose? Come on, Queen, flip it, spit, spit. Nah, I got nothing else to spit, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You watch Rudy Chronicles. I need something to put up. Something when I'm screaming, something. I mean, nah, nah, nah. Listen, man. But you got to carry back with part two then. I definitely appreciate, you know, this is one of- funny, man. What you got written down over there? Nah, I, I, I'm just thinking. No, no, no. There's a lot of things I'm, I'm learning. Oh, he got a lot of things written down. Ah, I yeah, know you yeah. keep peeking over there, but he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he subliminal with his. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never really studied him. I ain't going to front because he always be in the cut like a band-aid, you heard? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, he, he try to hide. <laughs> he don't be seeing no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll write this down. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I definitely want to say this, man. First of all, shout out to Rudy Chronicles. Uh, definitely check that out. It'll be in the description. Um, You know, what more can I say, man? I want to salute you. For coming up here, man, and 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 doing, in my opinion, the right thing by being true to yourself, and uh, being honorable. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are not like that, so I salute you, all the way, man. And um, I'm gonna check out Rudy Chronicles and and um, because the way you talk is it's captivating. I sit here and I can listen. And she, yeah, it's real talk. Uh, um, I, I like to add this, right? No, hold, hold the fuck up. You ain't going to interrupt me to talk. Come on, man. You know, the way you talk is captivating. I'm saluting you, man. We, we got to get up out of here. I'm saluting you. Right, right, you right. captivate. Yeah, exactly, right. man. Oh, yeah, I even know the time. Yeah, no, look I at the time, man. The way you talk is captivating. And I salute you, man. And, um, you know, I definitely want to check things out. And, and, and But before we go, you know, 
sign out. Tell the people where they can find you so we can get them out of here, man. <laughs> All right, before we go, um, Rudy Lowe Chronicles on Instagram, Rudy mm-hmm. Lowe Facebook, Rudy Lowe Chronicles YouTube. Mm-hmm. Check out the Info Minds. Facts. Up there. Um, I got another documentary out, um, 80s, Urban 80s Culture. It's out on YouTube. And I got something coming out with Respect Life. Look forward to that. And hopefully um, a large network system with Queen Flip. I want to be down. <laughs> I got the brandy effect. I want to be down. Oh, my God. Yo, before we go, though, last question. And, and, and if you can, just keep it like kind of short. Uh, I know you get you can you can Long-winded. answer. Long-winded. Yeah, you, you can answer a question, my man. I'm saying, I appreciate it. They can answer a question. Shots fired. Right. No, no shot, no shots. Right. Um, if you could change anything, like would you go back and change anything from, in my from, life? Yeah, mm-hmm. from, from the beginning when you started the whole shoplifting and everything, and, and the whole lifestyle. Like, would you go back and change anything, or would you leave it exactly the same? If I could change anything, I'll bring my mother back. I believe that. My mother would have loved me unconditionally because mm. I know how I love my son. I feel nobody on earth never loved me like that. Besides my mother, the number one thing is education. I wish I would have been educated. I wouldn't have made the mistakes or all the mistakes that I made. Right, right. Um, I'm proud of my life, even with, even with all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm pr- I'm, it made me who I am. I, I don't denounce my life or my still or none of that. Right. I just wish I would have had a better education because I may not would have took this long to wake up. So that's one of the main things, like I said with John Wayne, that I try to reach and give to the future, to the youth. That's dope. On that note, we signing out, man, at DJ G Money on 56 on the Instagram. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? He's God. <laughs> nah, we, we definitely appreciate, like he said, you know, we, we uh, you know, we appreciate the story and, and, and you know, we, we didn't ask too many questions because we were listening to what you were saying, trying to envision a lot of the stories and, and the time, you know what I'm saying? So we really was like dialed into everything you were saying, you know what I mean? So I appreciate that, man. Captivating. Every- oh, yes. Y'all had me a little shit coming up here, man. You know, y'all, y'all be interrogating, got, got an interrogation <laughs> room and all that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, there's always room to have a part two. You know, interrogation room, I definitely want to get one in with you because I got some shit yeah, to ask you. That'd be dope. Yeah, I got some shit to ask you. I'm gonna get at you. You think? Yeah, yeah. I ain't get at you today. I'm gonna get at you on interrogation. Yo, G Money, man. Yo, Yo you laughing? What up? What's good? It's all wavy, he, baby. He cool. He cool, man. No, <laughs> oh, G. Yeah, I, I was waiting because I was so serious in the beginning, but G, he cool, nah, man. He cool. Salute, G. He's just some. Man, get out of here. Salute, G, man. Fuck you, man. Nah, yo, definitely. Big up the Queen Flip, though, for real. Fuck you. I don't want your big up, man. (laughs) But I love you, though, man. (laughs) Nah, man. Yo, bro, this is, this is, this is, this. I didn't expect this to be like this. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I didn't at all, man. You thought Boosters was ignorant? No, 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 no. no, Not even, you know, no. I'm just saying, like, the way you talk, you captivate when you tell a story, man, for real, man. No, but but I'm going to go to your channel. Well, rather, let me critique you. I don't tell stories. Stories are something that's concocted or made up. I, co- I chronicleize events. Mm. So when you chronicleize an events, it's captivating. Thank you. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out, man. So we get them out of here. Yo, at DJG156 <laughs> on Instagram. Make sure y'all follow the page, man, at Flip the Script Pod. You know what I'm saying? Like, subscribe. Boom! Go um, like this stuff. Every Thursday, Tipsy Thursday, make sure y'all pop out. Van Dyke Money Gang. Hey, 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 let's sign out, man. Yeah. All right, my Let's sign out. <laughs> Yeah, okay. What's his, what's his name? Bo.
Shout out to Bo, man. My man Bo in the building on the side, man. He been patient. You know I got to shout out the Roros. Yeah, shout out the Roros and everything. Shout out to Bo. Salute to Bo in the, in, in, in the back, man. He over here. Where you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what part? Where you say, Van Dyke? Close. He from Winukino, from up the hill. Oh, okay. You see the shirt? You see the shirt? Oh, salute, salute <laughs> to you, man. For real, for real, man. He was out here, patient, man. The motherfucker, man. I, I can't do it. Um, yo, it's Queen Flip, man. Yo, this is history. You know what I'm saying? URLTV.tv. You know, uh, make sure you follow Flip the Script Pod on Instagram, on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud mm-hmm. to get the audios early. And you know, you know, it's, it's a classic episode today. I can just, I can say I put this in a classic. This is dope. Very captivating. Um, you know how I do, man. I'm going to go home tonight, put the footage on there, and just do some editing, man. Um, remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds, close your blinds back, open the door, and if you see a nigga like Rudy Law on your lawn, don't be afraid to use a firearm. <laughs>